We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Night two of the 2023 NFL Draft, and as we sit here just around 9.30 Eastern, we're under 20 slots away from the Ravens' second pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, which is 86. That's a third rounder. Three more coming up tomorrow on day three. Perhaps Eric DaCosta has some moves up his sleeve. We will see. Remember, Daniel Jeremiah, former Raven scout, draft analyst, said that he would eat a piece of paper if EDC and the Ravens stay pat with five total picks. And that's where they currently stand right now. As always, welcome into the vault night two, day two. I'm Bobby Trossett, as always, joined by my co-host, Sarah Ellison. Tonight's going to be a shortened version of last night's marathon. We went from eight until past midnight. We had Roquan Smith. We had Jerry Sandusky. We had Cole Jackson. We had Femi Ayambadeja. We had Kevin Byrne. And so many of you, over 1,400 at one point, joined us for peak concurrent viewership. And that's a personal record for us, Sarah. We've been simulcasting across all platforms to try and make sure this gets out to as many folks as possible. And uh, what a last 24 hours it's been. Super grateful for, for you, our local businesses that we spotlighted last night, and, and obviously, most importantly, uh, our viewers. Last night was like, <laughs> I still am just like, I woke up this morning needing to go back to bed. It was just like such an unreal night. And and because it's not only that we did that for like four and a half hours, but the adrenaline was going the entire time. You're coming off of Lamar and super excited about that. You got the wide receiver that, Bobby, you predicted and that you kind of spoke into existence. And we'll get into like all the reaction of of him coming in, but it was just such when we started planning for it, Bobby, I don't think we expected it to go down quite how it did. Uh, but it was a fabulous, fabulous night. And I'm so glad that we did. It was, I just feel like a success on so many levels. And a banner day too. And like the history, the 27 year history of the franchise too. the fact that I don't know if the timing, you know, as you've always said throughout the process, you know, deadline spur action. We don't know how much of of, of the draft was a, a deadline per se for the Ravens and Lamar Jackson to get something done. How much of a factor was Jalen Hurts and the extension that he signed last week with the Philadelphia Eagles? Multiple reports said that that was a significant factor in terms of sort of reengaging, right? The two parties and trying to get something done to which they did five years. Lamar is under contract 
through the 2027 season. And now they bring in, boy, it's been the off season of Lamar Jackson right there. You see it round one, pick 22 Boston college wide receiver, Zay flowers, as we covered extensively uh, last night, a four year production kind of guy, somebody who I saw both smokers tweet that really stood out to me. He wasn't all that highly recruited coming out of, of high school ends up at BC while he's in college, the NIL era begins. And all of a sudden, because of how productive he was, he started getting all these other big time offers. Yeah. What do you say? He turned them all down because he was loyal to BC because they bet on him. And I was like, okay, that's my kind of guy right there. I like that a lot. <laughs> Loyalty with a capital L. Yeah. Because if he does, you know, turn turn the tide a little bit and you know becomes a receiver that the Ravens drafted and is good you know and if the Ravens want to re-sign him I don't I don't know if the Ravens have already have ever re-signed one of their drafted picks into their second contract if they have there's there's very few but if it gets to that it's nice to know you kind of file this away and be like you remember Eric DeCosta was like I never want to do a negotiation like that ever again Hopefully with somebody like Zay, that wouldn't have to happen. But we're talking years down the road. And yeah, there's so many things about him. The more that you learn about him, there's always guys, Bobby, that just scream Raven to you. And um, he's one of them. He's one of them. You heard Eric DaCosta say during the press conference that when it comes to interviews, he's never interviewed just face-to-face. -face. And this is a young man, right? Face-to-face -face that was more impressive than Zay Flowers. And you just learn around, I've been, you know, looking into his background all day. I'm trying to get to know him both, you know, as a, I've learned about him as a football player prior to this, but now I'm scratching the surface of, you know, who he is as a person. And one of 14 kids, he's worn the number four jersey to remind himself that he's the fourth of 14 kids. His mom passed away when he was five, five around that age due to a head injury. And his dad, just like he, he talks about at the press conference, just the admiration he has for his dad, watching him all these years that his dad would get up at three, make him breakfast, get stuff, get lunch ready, be out the door by four or five, do their laundry at the local laundromat on the weekend. And, you know, he just kept grinding. And so, this is a kid that's been through stuff and, and scouts like that. They want to see what's going to happen, how you react to adversity. And one quote that really stood out to me, Bobby, from, from Dane, uh, how do you say his last name? Is it uh, from the athletic Dane Burglar or Dane? I'm forgetting his name, but he's the one who puts together. Yeah, your like, best guess. <laughs> yeah, you, me and names, right? But he put up his, his favorite or his top 250. Anyway, he talks to like his coach. He's like, this is like a guy who's on – a three or four win football team. And he is going out there and blocking and going out as if it's like the national championship every time. So putting all that kind of together, and there's obviously a lot more to him. He's starting to scream a Raven. He's starting to scream a leader, a reliable leader, somebody who's been through adversity and transcended it. Yeah. One thing we learned today from his introductory press conference from his new head coach is that he was actually the top guy. And that was agreed top down within the organization. Let's yeah. this. Coaches, scouts, uh, Eric and all his group, Joe, did a great job scouting all these guys. We had a really good handle on the board. I feel like you, know, you led that, Joe, and did a great job with that and kind of knew who he liked. You know, Zay was our top-rated receiver. 
pretty, I would say, 100% consensus, right, Joe? 100%. Everybody uh, had him as our guy, and for him to be there for us and just kind of fill out that room uh, was a great blessing. Just to cut to Jason Smith's board, which we often have over the last couple of days for a courtesy of Huddle It Up Films, who was nice enough to spend some time with us leading up to the draft to go through just what's an incredibly thorough board. Uh, when, when you think about the wide receiver position, okay, maybe it's not as this year's class is not as deep as cornerback is. And I, I think that's probably why the Ravens opted to go with, with flowers when they did and, and maybe address cornerback either tonight or in free agency or both. We'll see. Rocky sin is still out there. We've talked about that last night. Uh, but, but look at this. I mean, JSN, Addison flowers all right there. And Jason wasn't far off whatsoever. Um, but, but Hey, the, instead of JSN for, for Harbs and, and company in Baltimore, it was, it was flowers and they seemed like they were, that was undeniable. <laughs> well, I mean, um, it makes you wonder. I mean, they, they asked him if they were worried about it because the, the run on receivers started happening two before him, right? As you mentioned, Jackson Smith and Jigba goes, at 20 and then the chargers i was like we both i knew they were going to pick a wide receiver but i didn't expect quentin johnson and then there's there's zay waiting for him and so it's like to know that he was their highest rated and on top of that not only was he the highest rated receiver for them and we talked about this a little bit last night but they said they went through this little exercise where they took eight guys that they kind of felt like could be there around 22 and they made all the scouts, regardless of what area they've scouted, they had all the scouts kind of rate them, you know, that cluster of eight. So not just wide receivers, but several positions. And he said it was a consensus also that like everybody came up with Zay's flowers out of the eight. So he's the top ranked receiver, but he was after the, in this cluster also of eight guys that Eric DaCosta thought could be there. So, oof. Yeah, yeah. So they they got their guy. And what's interesting to me, Bobby, is not just how, because of course, Eric DeCosta and John Harbaugh is going to come out and praise the pick that they just had, right? We get that every week. But something that really sticks out to me is how teammates have reacted to Zay Flowers. Um, first of all, <laughs> he's from South Florida. And Eric DeCosta was asked about Lamar. Did you ask Lamar his opinions? And he's like, yeah, Lamar has... He knows everybody from South Florida because he kind of feels loyal to him. Do you have the Do you have the clip? You have that. Yeah, yeah I have. I have Zay on it. Are you talking about EDCs or Zays? EDC talking about Lamar giving him a list. So I, I do have. Let's let's go with this first, and then you can kind of paraphrase what you're getting at. All right. I mean, um, down there, Lamar, a legend. Like, um, everybody a Lamar fan. Um, you gonna hear? You gonna see people wearing his jersey no matter where you go. Everybody going to talk about him. And I hear him, though. South Florida got the best athletes. Why not get a receiver from down there? <laughs> He's got that playful personality. And this team, all of a sudden, roster construction-wise, South Florida apparently is the, the, the spot to be. <laughs> totally. And so to, to pair along with that, so obviously Lamar's this legend in South Florida. Obviously, he's a legend throughout the, the country, let alone South Florida. Uh, but on the other side, so so uh, so what Eric said is Lamar sent him a lift a list of wide receivers from South Florida and had a kind of a write up for him, and um, and and Eric was like, yeah, he he let his opinions be known. He was he's not afraid to, to he's got strong opinions on it. 
So obviously Lamar and I was like going through Zay Flowers Instagram today because I wanted to go like I went and saw like the picture of his family and I posted on Twitter. It's just obviously 14 kids. It's a ginormous family. But I started noticing that that Lamar had liked all of these posts from Zay from several years ago. And so obviously Lamar has known him for a while. And then on top of that, I was actually listening to the Lounge podcast and Garrett was saying that he had run into um, Humphrey uh, kind of down by the, the cafeteria at the Ravens facility. And, and uh, Garrett was like, um, well, who do you want? And he's like given a few names. And then Garrett's like, cause Garrett made a pick and he was, this, he was right. Like you, he picked for, he picked Zay flowers. And, and Marlon was like, are you, you think he's actually going to last to 22? And Garrett's like, well, that's where I have him. He's like, well, I would love that. I would love that. And he was just like, I don't, I don't know if he's going to be there. And then finally you think of OBJ, OBJ heading up to number 22. He's already singing the praises that he's like, oh, somebody's going to get some awesome uh, receivers. And then they obviously Zay and OBJ already know each other because they have the same trainer down in South Florida. So they've already trained together. So then cut to that. FaceTime conversation that they had together. That was, that was fun to watch today. Chemistry is already being built. Yeah, here it is. Yeah. Courtesy of Ravens productions. I'm about to call it up. See what he's talking about. We out there. We lit. They <laughs> flowers. <laughs> Hey, man, we about to go so crazy. They should never did that. Oh, my God. Hey, let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, uh, yeah, I go out there tomorrow. Then I head. Then I head back to the yep. All right, bet. I'm going to hit you. I got you. Appreciate it, bit, bro. Work. That's okay. all. That's a great moment captured right there, and and you can already tell that OBJ, right at this point, on the other side of thirty now, it's a different time in his life, and like he's evolving, and yes, like he's being paid as if he's wide receiver one in Baltimore, but you can already tell there's like cultivating going on here, and um, that's gonna pay some dividends. You'd have to think. Here's a question for you, Bobby. And obviously this was just a question you had. You were like somewhat concerned about OBJ as a teammate. What are your feelings a couple weeks since his, his uh, signing now? Yeah, uh, it's, there's, there's been nothing to scoff at. There's been nothing, there's been nothing alarming aside from what we both felt like was after reading the, the report, sort of a, a, and you're, we're always taking, especially when it when it comes from women, we're taking allegations seriously. But when you read the tea leaves and, and when you put the reporting together from what happened and wherever he was in L.A. or wherever, sure looked like it was, um, you know, a, a bogus report. So aside from from that off the field thing, it, it's been pretty flawless. Now, granted, somebody's probably out there right now that guys, it's been two weeks. You know, it's been two yeah. or three weeks like they haven't even played a game. They haven't lined up. They haven't you know, it hasn't been in the in the heat of competition. So. Um, probably too premature to actually answer that. But what I love is, is he's showing a different side of him than what I've seen. 
And so, uh, yeah, that's, I think it's great from, again, like cultivating the relationship, the chemistry and, and ultimately like, Hey, maybe our question that we were talking about last night, maybe it doesn't have to be answered in terms of who's going to be, you know, the, the, the top wide receiver one in Baltimore, perhaps. And I know the whole like running back by committee conversation with Greg Roman, probably people are rolling their eyes. Um, but if they can all complement one another and, and be versatile and, 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 and Munkin uses each one of them to their strengths, assuming that they all stay healthy, could be a winning formula with all the other playmakers that they have offensively. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've definitely, I think I've seen why t teammates for the most part gravitate t towards him. He seems to like, you know, in, like jump into whatever situations he's in and completely embrace it. And so the way he's reached out and uh, the way he reached out to Zay and the way he's, you know, embraced Baltimore and all that kind of stuff, I can see how, he can ingratiate his teammates, you know, pretty, pretty quickly. So you had brought up, um, would you, uh, just before this comment, you had brought up another guy that said um, a lot of corners are gone. Yeah. There's a few, obviously from yesterday and then added to yesterday, Porter was taken with that first pick of this round by the Steelers, which just makes so much more sense, right? Like to have your dad be a longtime Steeler. And then it was, I'm sure a difficult night in the first round to be at the draft and not get selected. But it's like what I said last night. It's like at the end of the day, you just want to get to the right team. You know, who cares about what's happening that, that first night or whatever. So it just makes it, it, like a, a perfect fairy tale story for him to go, go back to the Steelers. So he was taken off. Cam Smith has been taken off. I was hoping DJ Turner, maybe I was too wishful thinking. I was hoping that his size may scare some people off. Uh, I was hoping he could he could fall, but he's gone. Stevenson's gone, and Brent's is gone. I know a few people were uh, sad to see him go. Now there's one that's standing out that's still there from the others, and that's Kiwi Ringo. So I'd like to keep an eye on him and see if he gets selected. We're, what, 13 picks away? So we'll see. Yeah, we're closing in on it. The Giants pick is in at 73 overall. Um, uh, I, so yeah, the, you know, there's definitely been a corner run today as you would, would have expected. And the whole Porter junior thing, that's just a good, like to your point, that's just a cool story, you know, to continue yeah. that, that family pedigree in Pittsburgh and, and we'll see a lot of, a lot of teams passed on him, a lot of teams passed on him. And I don't know if it was the whole takeaway thing that, or lack thereof that we talked about, went back and forth on yet last night, but clearly something something steered some teams away uh, before we kind of get into the, again, we're, we're probably only about 10 minutes out They're They're starting to move here tonight. I wanted yeah. to go back to that question related to Deandre Hopkins, just so we can be as thorough as possible. We've gotten a yep. ton of questions on all of our videos over the last uh, 24 hours or so uh, asking for an update on, on the Deandre Hopkins buzz to Baltimore. What we learned today from Arizona's general manager is that nothing seems to be imminent. Listen to this. <laughs> You know, I I don't I don't foresee that happening. Um, you know, I I don't know what is going to happen here in the next couple of days. Um, right now, I don't foresee I don't foresee that happening. No. You said you don't foresee anything happening with DeAndre. Are you saying tonight or just through the entire draft? Uh, through the entire draft. Yeah. I mean, where do you think it stands now with him? Is there actually a chance he could still be here? Absolutely. DeAndre is a cardinal, so DeAndre is a cardinal, and um, we're moving forward. 
That doesn't seem like a GM. Yeah, that does not sound like a GM that's excited that he still has DeAndre Hopkins to me. Uh, To me, it might have been that he was asking for too much uh, and maybe not taking enough of that contract, but he's now stuck with a a pretty hefty contract and a wide receiver who's been very vocal about not wanting to be there. So I'm still interested to see what happens there. I mean, I saw some people making jokes that he's going to have to eventually be cut or something, but um, if the Ravens weren't going to trade for him, and I still, I'm so glad it wasn't the Bills or Chiefs, although I'm, I know it could still happen. He's just saying it's not going to happen over the draft. Uh, but I'd either perform, perform to stay there, do not go to the Chiefs or Bills, please. Well, yeah. And they were, that was kind of the final three, right? Baltimore, Buffalo, and Kansas City. So in terms of what Pac-Man Jones, sort of the, the, the main confidant in this throughout this entire process because of their friendship uh, had said on the Pat McAfee show in the last few days or so. So um, some, something to look out for I, to, when they drafted Zay flower, Sarah, that to me was sort of the nail in the coffin. I, I thought that that's them saying, we love what we've done with our wide receiver room. We have vowed to rebuild and retool. Like we said we would in the end of season press conference. And we've meticulously gone about it. We've paid We've done something extremely uncharacteristic in our franchise history, not only paying a guy, uh, but but also in terms of when it comes to free agency spending and at the wide receiver position. Um, but we're also willing to contractually structure this deal differently than we typically do using void years to make sure that the 2023 number is south of four million. So, yeah. And then, you know, they go in and, and they get a, a team friendly guy in, in Nelson Aguilar. They go and get their guy with another first round pick, the the third first round pick wide receiver in the Lamar era, by the way. If you add in Marquise, you add in Rashad as well. Jury's still out on, on what bait's gonna be. Hopefully he remains healthy for a full season so we can evaluate that. Um, and then obviously you got you got Duvernay, who's more than just a wide receiver. You know, as a return specialist, he's just two years out from well, it was just less than two years ago that he was an all pro return specialist. So Hopefully yeah, you can get back to that. Cause like you mentioned last night, the foot, he's got that foot thing that he's trying to come back. So we'll see. I don't know. I mean, will he be available to your point last night? Will he be available September one? I don't know. Well, I wanted to give an update on that, but real quick, we haven't missed you to Joker. Cause I know he sent us a super chat. He's like, Hey, you missed it. We haven't missed it. We're definitely getting, we're coming to it. Um, uh, but just to, uh, when they were talking today at the press conference, Bobby, um, they were very, Ever since Rashad got mad, remember when Rashad got mad about what what um, EDC said about rebuilding the room and all that kind of stuff, they've been very quick to say, yes, and we have James Prochet and Devin Duvernay. Anyway, he said that um, Duvernay was in, and then, and then Harbaugh was like, oh, and he looked good. He looked good. So uh, perhaps he's further along than I was wondering, but um, – because it was just a side question and Harbaugh is much more honest about injuries in the off season. I tend to believe him more in the off season than I do in the past, but uh, I guess that gives some, that's just at least the latest is Harbaugh said that, he, that he's been in there working and he looks good. So. Perfect. Yeah. I, I may have overlooked that little nugget. So thank you. But, uh, yeah. and good, good for Duve too. Cause it was tough to see him go down. I mean, he's just sort of a, one of those team guys, you know, like no rah-rah guy, you know exactly where you're going to get from him. And, you know, it's funny. I was listening to Zay during the introductory press conference today. And, uh, and by the way, Duve came out swinging last year and then he fell off. But those yeah. first couple of games, we were all like, 
wide receiver one, Devin Duvernay. Like what, who is this dude? Uh, but Zay mentioned today, remember, remember when he was asked like, Hey, what, what specifically can you bring to the NFL? And he's just like, listen, I'm going to play outside. I'm going to play inside. I'm going to, Hey, I would love to do some jet sweeps. I'll play special teams if you want me. So saying all the right things. But when I heard jet sweeps, I was like, man, you know, Duvernay, <laughs> we all, we all like, what are we all been calling for all these years? Has can Duvernay reach his maximum potential under Greg Roman when it comes to the creativity and the jet sweeps and the 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 misdirection and all this stuff? And now they got two of those guys who are capable of doing that. And that's where I want to see Munkin start to flash that creativity that he's won two national championships with. I know they were a big time running team. They're gonna ground and pound you, but I know he's got creativity up his sleeve too. Yeah, yeah. Um Thank you, Dejoka. Let's put up one where they're not where they're like loving you. I just want to know. I know who Dejoka is because he he came at me on Twitter and he was letting me know that he was watching us for all yesterday, all of yesterday. What are you saying, ooh, about? Was there something? I thought you meant come at you like about something you said. Oh no 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 no. He um no no no. I was just saying I wanted to recognize him because I'm now connecting. Sometimes it's hard to connect the Twitter and the YouTube. Uh, and so appreciate, appreciate him is, is just what I'm getting at, but yeah, no, it's going to be real competition though for Duvernay. You don't bring in Zay flowers yeah. and be like, Oh yeah, everybody's going to get like, yeah, everybody can get touches between Bateman OBJ and then flowers. But beyond that, like, I don't know how much Duvernay is going to get touches if, if Zay flowers does take off from the beginning. So this is like one of those where it's like, Start start watching your back because this is what the game. This is what football's all all about. It's competition. Speaking of that, did you see? I posted on Twitter. Steve Smith coming at Rashad Bateman. Let's go there next because this clip began with uh, and and you were you were the one that brought this to my attention. So thank you because I made a video about it today and it's it's making its rounds because I think it's compelling. I mean, first and foremost, like. I don't think there was an agenda there. Like Steve Smith is a no nonsense guy. We all know this agent 89, right? Pulls no punches. One of the best when it comes to not only what he did on the field, hopefully one day he's going to be walking into Canton, but, but also from an evaluation standpoint, you know, and like clearly, unless he's talking out the side of his, you know what, which I don't believe he does. I know he, he, he has his antics, right? He has his personality as a, as a national commentator and whatnot. And his personality second to none, but I got the sense after listening to this that he's seen something on tape that's become a, a consistency or an inconsistency, if you want to call it that, or a habit that he doesn't like about Rashad Bateman. He begins talking about Zay Flowers and then transitions in debate. Listen to this. Oh, I love Zay Flowers. Look, <laughs> cheap plug. You can go to cut to it and see it. <laughs> see it on my podcast. I really love Zay Flowers. He's a young guy, right? Got that fresh, the fresh legs. But he came into Boston College and he's coming into the league and people are believing that he's a slot receiver. He's not a slot receiver. He can play all over the football field. He can play in the slot. He can play outside. His balance, his control, his also his releases. And then we talk about shorter guys, his catch radius. What was a Flowers is? Is a football player. Yeah. And you add that to Odell Beckham. Bakeman's going to have to say, hey, Bakeman. Zay Flowers goes across the middle. Yeah. Right? Odell absolutely. Beckham goes across the middle. So sometimes you got to realize you may think that you're the 
You're the price, you're the high price cow in, in, in the barn or in the farm. Step up, man. Step up or get stepped out. Yeah. So you better learn how to go across the middle. You're going to be sitting on the bench like me because I'm retired. Steve Smith. Steve Smith. So here's what's interesting to me is like, what's funny is as soon as he said that, what's one of the like plays we always remember from, from Rashad Bateman? It's the inside slant. And then he takes it to the house. That's the one that's like stuck in your memory. And so you kind of want to be like, well, he goes over, he goes to the middle, but like you said, and by the way, I do want to differentiate because I liked what you said before we went to the clip. Remember last night, Kevin Byrne had talked about how when media do their job, I mean, he was being nice to the media, but I think he could have been a little bit more that like media tend to like stir stuff up, even when there's not, anything there to stir. And so like, for example, like everything's going well, right. But it's just that Bateman doesn't have the same amount of targets he would get when he was healthy last year. Right. So then a media person will go to him and say, Hey, OBJ and Zay flowers and you, and the Ravens could be what five and one or something. And media would still go to Bateman and be like, how do you feel about it? And it's like, you stick a microphone in his face and like, what is he supposed to say? Like, yeah, he wants to be able to, play more, but we're winning. So we can't complain, yada, yada, yada. And so that I don't like, I do not want to put bad vibes into the locker room whatsoever. And, but the reason why I posted this is because Steve Smith is not that kind of media guy. Steve Smith is, you know, borderline hall of fame wide receiver. Steve Smith is just a guy when he came after Greg Roman, he came after Greg Roman, right? Like he doesn't pull any punches. And so I was like, interesting and, and i even said to somebody because somebody quickly responded and said what are you talking about he doesn't go over in the middle because again we all think of that play and so i said yeah i would have some follow-up questions but it's not that only because i want to understand him something better a guy was like well, why'd you post it and i'm like why well, posted all the positive stuff he said about zay nobody had her and i have follow-up questions for that but i don't have access to steve but i'm still posting it because it's steve smith commenting on the ravens receivers to me that's Eric DaCosta literally said today, he and Steve Smith had a conversation about Zay Flowers at the Combine. And he's Special like... cut to that. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, I had the fortune to uh, spend some time with Steve at the Combine. A lot of respect for Steve. Uh, one of the great competitors that we've ever had here, I think. And uh, fantastic guy. I consider him a good friend. We talk about receivers. He's got strong opinions. And he loves Zay, too, so it, it's mutual. And uh, if Steve Smith, I will say this, if Steve Smith has that much respect for a receiver, you better pay attention. It's like when Ozzy loves a tight end, you know, you better pay attention, right? Mm -hmm. Same deal. So uh, that, that resonates with me. You know, if Steve says, that's my guy, then I'm kind of like, okay, I, I better pay attention. And so Zay happened to be a guy that I liked as well, so it's like a perfect DNA match when you got uh, a Hall of Fame someday receiver like Steve Smith telling you that he loves you loves him, and I like him, and Joe likes him, and John likes him, and Todd likes him, it's like, okay, this might be the guy. Yeah, so kind of like the point I was making with that is it's like I post Steve Smith's opinions about receivers because, A, I respect him, and then you just heard the GM of the Ravens say when when Steve Smith respects a guy, he's going to listen to that. So so I that's what I, I would. I would, love, I would love to get Steve Smith on here, I guess, 
you were trying to push me into using my Twitter more and trying to reach out to guys. Maybe I'll do that. I'm sure is is <laughs> after this weekend things might die down for him. But I'd love to get him on and pick pick his brain more. Like where where is this coming from? What is it that you're seeing? Is it part that like Rashad Bateman went after Eric DaCosta? And you know, and and some and Eric DaCosta wasn't even really trying to say anything bad. He was just trying to like take ownership of not having a great the Ravens not having a great track record. So anyway, I would like to pick his brain more because as you said, I get a feeling that it's coming from somewhere and I want to know what, what it, exactly it is, what he's seeing on tape. I think we're going to learn a lot about Rashad Bateman this year. They have put competition around him and, and that can make or break a guy. And unfortunately for him, like we've mentioned, availability has been a problem through the first two years. Not enough of a problem to call him injury prone. We're both aligned with that. Wasn't an issue for him in college at, at Minnesota. And hopefully it won't be an issue for him in year three. Um, but but this is a, a stacked room. It's got five, you know, absolute definites on this roster, right? In OBJ, uh, Rashad himself, Zay, Duve, and Algalar. We'll see what happens to Prochet and Wallace. And... Um, and we'll see what happens to Bateman when he when he when clearly, you know, he is he's it's no longer, you know, last year, right before he went down, we're thinking, man, this, this Lamar and 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 Bate connection, this is gonna be special. And it still has a chance to be. And I hope it, I hope yeah. it ends up being that way. But OBJ, all of a sudden, you have a bona fide in terms of payment, what he's been at one point in his career pre-ACL and what he was right literally right before his torn ACL a number one wide receiver right next to you. Somebody you've probably looked up to for years. How are you going to respond to that? Are you going to use it as motivation and, and almost like dirt off the shoulder in a sense and do not allow anybody to, you know, almost like tunnel vision kind of stuff? Or are you going to not have thick skin with it? I hope it's the former. And I think he has that in him. And I would love to see what we saw out of him the first couple of games last year. So anyway, um, it's an interesting conversation. We are six picks out from the Ravens taking a, a third round selection here on day two. Let's go to EDC for an update courtesy of Ravens Productions prior to day two beginning just a couple hours ago. Ravens fans, welcome back after a whirlwind day yesterday. Very, very exciting. Thrilled to get Lamar Jackson back with us for five more years. Zay Flowers, a Raven, and I think we're on our way to building an undefendable offense with Todd Munkin at the helm. Tonight, we only have one pick, unfortunately. Not ideal, but I'll tell you what, we can't afford to make it miss. We gotta hit the target, and we will. Tomorrow night's another opportunity for us. Our goal is to add five quality players, we can do it, in the next 24 hours, to build the very best team we can. Thanks for following, and don't forget to call your parents and tell them you love them. Do you think he's a one-take wonder? Who? One-take wonder? What? Eric? Yeah. Yeah, he does what these do literally seamlessly, these clips. Like, he's oh. so good. Do you think he's a one-take wonder? Uh, that's a good question. I can see him being one. He's got, like, I think he's he got is. nerves of steel. Yeah. I, can I think, see he's, him I think he's an absolute dark horse. I mean, the guy is, like, stone cold. He's looking in the camera. No ums. No, like, he's just so... Th so thorough, so clear cut. 
and he's got the t-shirt on Sarah. It's been a heck of a two plus years for him. Wear whatever you want EDC. You're having the off season of a lifetime right now. And arguably one of the best that this franchise has ever seen. So you do you. I thought what you said is he a one take wonder. I was thinking like, what's your take on this prospect? What's your take on this prospect? And I'm like, what are you talking about? So yeah. I wasn't thinking media wise, but now, now it all comes together here. So no, I liked, I think that the thing that stuck out to me was him saying that you, that they feel like they're building an undefensible offense. Oh my goodness. Would that be fun? If that, if that were true, if that were true. Yeah. All right. So I'm getting a little, um, giddy, but I still have six more picks here that Keely Ringo is still there. I feel like that would be, but I think he'd be like, like if you go to um, Ringo's probably the highest rated corner still on the board, but he's like leaps and bounds ahead. If you go to the big board with all positions, Jason's got him at 35. And um, so he's at 35 you can't you can't see it. I'm looking at Jason's live one online that he's got on his sheets. Oh, there's okay. like the whole first column is gone except for 28. And then there's like it's so sporadic underneath Ringo after that. Ringo is by far the highest rated corner left on the board, but he's like above so many other just players at all positions. There's only two players that are ranked ahead of him that are still on the board. One's at, at tight end with some uh with some uh medical questions and then one edge so um that's what yeah, i'm I looking josh for corner. go ahead uh sorry to interrupt i was just gonna say i thought josh brought up a good point here you know marcus still marcus peters is still out there on the open market the ravens may have plans for him and Rocky Sin, if they want to take an edge here, you know, let's, let's see what happens. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't necessarily go corner. Um, you know, I, I keep referencing Emery hunt who I had on while, while you were on vacation from, from football game plan. And, and he hammered it into my mind by going through several prospects in that, in that video, that this is one of the deepest classes in, that cornerback seen in, in many years. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I know they don't, it would have to be a, you know, a, a day three selection. Here's a look again at, at specifically but what like, the rest of the weekend looks right now. But like, uh, but like five rounds deep or like three rounds well, deep? Well, you know what I mean? I, it, the latter, probably the latter. Yeah. 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 Uh, by the way, Josh Downs is off the board to the Colts yep. at 79. So that was a wide receiver that, uh, remember we had talked about a little bit on the vault here and there and some of those topic three profiles that we would do. So that means that we are, yeah, six picks away and we do have some more sound to get to as well on, um, bring it. Uh, yeah. We, I mean, let's continue to get to know Zay as we get creep closer and closer and then we'll start to think about who's left on the board. There's a bunch of cornerbacks that are still on there, but, uh, you know, Zay, Zay wants, thought that there's no way he, he would play with, with Lamar Jackson being that he was from South Florida. There's an age gap there. Uh, and he, he was asked about that. Do you ever think that he'd be throwing the football in the National Football League? Um, nah, I, I didn't think so, but they let me fall to him. So there's going to be a lot of plays being made on Sunday, Monday, or Thursday, whatever day we plan on. So just being able to play with him and 
have all these weapons next to me. I was just going to improve my game. That does have to got be that. surreal for him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, to be He's like. got that. Yeah. Got that personality, you know, he's like, it just seems like he's um, the way he interacted with OBJ. There's like a pretty, there's a pretty big age gap there. I mean, not huge age gap. OBJ is, is 30 and, and what Zay's senior. So that would make him like 22, something along yeah. those lines, but it just seemed like they had known each other forever. And I was like, okay, this guy's going to be a locker room guy, you know, 22, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's born in 2000, he's born in 2000. <laughs> 20 that's easy to that's great that's that's a great year to, to be born it's so easy to figure out ages and all that kind of stuff but yeah no I, the more that like i just like zay i like his borderline cockiness but he also like i said he's been through so much adversity that he's grounded and so i don't know if there's like a i don't know what the right word is but when you're grounded and you're but you're also cocky i don't know like, i feel like that's such a good um combination maybe maybe it's just extremely high confidence but um the way he talks and he like like what he said today somebody had asked him like what kind of corners had given you a hard time and he's like i don't have any problems with corners in college <laughs> I'm like, oh, straight up. Yeah. just straight up straight up and he didn't say it he didn't say it in like this boastful kind of way he didn't say it in this like the way i just took it which was like whoa he just like with a straight face Put you know, I was just talking to the microphone. He's like, "Yeah, I don't feel like any corners gave me any problems in college." Just like, and I'm just like, I'm like, this kid is deadly, and oh, yeah. and the way he talked with OBJ on the phone, and he's like, he goes, "I can't believe they let us get together." You know, this is this is a wrap. This is this is it. You know, he's like, "We're gonna go so crazy together," and and like you said, when he was when somebody's asked him where do you fit, and he's like, "You just give me the ball. Just give it to me wherever you want to yeah. give it to me. I'm gonna make it happen." And um, I just keep watching more and more highlights of him. It is just, you can't tackle him if you can't catch him. I mean, this guy is so ridiculously shifty. And I, some of those, some of the highlights I was watching, Bobby, was reminding me of like when Lamar Jackson would like break angle, break angle ankles. And that's what he does. He just like, he just, the body control and the shiftiness, the jitterbugness too. I mean, it's just out of this world. And I just, yeah. I can see why he's confident when you watch all these highlights. Wanted to talk about his measurements a little bit. That's been getting some, some buzz. Some, um, definitely folks have been, have been reacting to that. They, they, they're quick to say that, man, what is up with the Ravens and their obsession with these undersized, at least by, by NFL standards, uh, wide receivers. And I think, as I've started to learn about him and, and watch some of his highlights and, and whatnot, the key difference that I see between him and a guy like Marquise Brown is while Hollywood comes in at similar measurements, don't get me wrong. Now, Zay was, by, by the way, do you remember the story that Tom Pelissero put out that Zay put on, I think like 15, 20 pounds of muscle between the end of the season and the combine. And there was that photo that he put up and it was, it was just yeah. yoked. So he weighs more. He weighs more than Marquise did coming out of, of, of college. And I think he plays bigger than Marquise did and maybe even still does uh, in the NFL. What I mean by that is he's undersized by his measurements, but from a yak standpoint, what he does after the catch explosiveness 
and uh, stiff arming ability and, and just like a, a bulldozing mentality, almost turning into a running back after the catch is what I think Marquise, unfortunately, just didn't have enough of. It's one thing if Marquise caught it in stride with space in front of him, he gone. It's a track meet later. It's a wrap. But when there was a defender in his face, when he needed to get through contact, I didn't see enough of an ability to, uh, to exert his will, you know, uh, and from a force standpoint. So I think that is the key difference that I see so far. And somebody came back at me on Facebook today and was like, well, wait a second. What's, what's Boston college's competition like throughout a four year career. All right. It's ACC football. I get it. Right. But at, at the end of the day, he stayed there all four years. He put up big numbers all four years. And um, I want to see that transition. I think it can. Yeah, I think you I think you said it actually quite well. I don't even need to quite repeat it. But I, I can remember in his rookie year where Marquise and maybe even his second year. And granted, he was coming off of that Liz Frank injury. And so maybe he was protecting that a little bit. But that first year or two, he would literally, after he catched the ball, go down without any contact, or he'd run out of bounds without any contact because he was avoiding it. And and um, and that is not Zay when you watch his tape. Hollywood could get over the top of people, and then nobody was going to catch him. And, and Zay's quick too, but Zay, man, you can have all the defenders in front of him, and he's going to zig and zag his way through maybe take on a couple hits and whatever, but um, yeah, he's, he's, and that's why I think Zay has gotten so much respect from Steve Smith is because Steve Smith was that guy. Steve Smith had that dog in him. And, um, and, and literally Zay said that since he was young, he's been watching Steve Smith uh, film and his dad told me he had to, cause he's like, doesn't matter your size. It's what's in your chest. There is nobody who sticks there. Out bigger than Steve Smith Sr. And oh, by the way, that clip you what? Let's let's go to that clip just in case folks hadn't seen it from yesterday. Back on the cut to it podcast that he referenced earlier, because this is about as good as a breakdown. And then we're going to start to transition here. Another cornerback just got came off the board. I just saw Jeff's tweet, so we'll start to update you. We're we're just a couple picks away. Silky smooth route runner, balance and body control, unbelievable. Run after catch, explosive. He can be a tier one. He is a day one plug and play type of player. If you watch the play against Louisville, over two defenders. He makes the quarterback right. I love a wide receiver that makes the quarterback right. Love his stuff, man. Balance, body control, in and out, his yak. Woo! Not shy on his size at the next level. Uh, how tall is he? It's like 5'9". No, you know what tall is he? He's playmaking ability. That's how tall he is. That young man can play football. Like him. Actually, I love him. So how tall quick, is two, he? Two... How tall is he? <laughs> playmaking ability tall. Two things real quick. Uh, and now I've already forgotten one of them. But the other one is that in that in that clip that we played where he was more going after Rashad, it was actually a lot longer. I watched it live at like 1.30 a.m. last night. He went on because other people went to talk about Zay in that, in that group. And then I can't remember who it was. It might have been, is it David Carr? I always get him and his brother mixed up. Um, the Carr is now an analyst. And I think Carr was with Steve right in front of him comparing Zay to Steve. And Steve said, nah, Zay's not like me. Zay's better than me. And I was like, 
<laughs> that's actually what I was trying to find so I could put that out there. Um, but but anyway, like, so yes, yes, Zay might be from South Florida and Zay might be fast and he might be small, shorter like Hollywood, but that's where the comparisons end because Zay is much more physical. Well, let's hope that what we're seeing, what we're talking about, what we're hyping up in, in these highlight tapes translates to the NFL, which is not always a guarantee. The Broncos are on the clock. The pick is in at 83, which means we're just a couple picks away from the Ravens uh, being on the clock. And, and I'm sorry, they went with Riley Moss. Okay, so a, a cornerback comes off just a few picks away from the Ravens being on the clock. Um, and, and so all of a sudden you're looking at a group that's probably headlined at this point especially with the Georgia connection you might you might throw out there. Keely Ringo at the cornerback position. Clark Phillips out of Utah is still available there. Uh, Darius Rush from South Carolina. So if they want to go with corner, there's a few talents out there that are available. You know what I'm just now thinking? Remember when we had on after the Ravens hired Todd Munkin and we had on him, his name is escaping me, but the former Georgia quarterback that came on our show that does radio Hudson, down there. Hudson Mason. Hudson, Hudson Mason. Mason. And I asked him, I said, who from the Georgia Bulldogs would be a good fit for the Ravens and reunite with Munkin? Wasn't it Ringo that he said? It was there's literally not another Ringo Georgia and there's not another no, Georgia corner, right? Okay. Hunter, you, you literally just pulled that out. I don't know how you did that. And as soon as you said Ringo and connected it to Hudson, it took me back there because that was so far long ago. It wasn't all that long ago, but it feels like it because of this Lamar news cycle. We have yeah. the, the amount of the amount of insane amounts of content that we've been churning out. Um, but but selfishly, Hudson was a dang good guest. And I kind of hope we can bring him back on because oh, yeah. um I thought he was really good. So the I Dolphins the now, they're, like, they're picking in. selling me here. The, the Dolphins are going with a running back. Running so back. one He's pick there. out. If the Ravens he like is him. there, we'll see what the Chargers want to do at 85. But the Ravens are just about a minute or two away from being back on the clock. Their one and only pick, should they stay put on day two here, three more scheduled for tomorrow and obviously headlined by Zay Flowers yesterday, headlined by Lamar Jackson's contract extension. So we're coming up on 600 concurrence here viewership wise. We would love for you to like the video if you haven't already done so, if you've been enjoying what we're putting out there. And if you also haven't done it yet, please consider subscribing to both of our YouTube channels. We create uh, daily content on all things Ravens on the vault. It's also available wherever you get your podcasts in audio only form. And then on my side, the Bobby Trossett YouTube channel, more, more short form content, 10 to 15 minute types of things. And there is one up um, what we just talked about a little while ago with the Steve Smith senior criticism or light, light criticism, um, constructive criticism. Let's call it that of, of Rashad Bateman. So the Chargers are officially on the clock. The pick is in. Things are moving quickly here. Uh, again, the Dolphins went with a uh, running back at 84. So is it time to put our predictions out there? Oh, they got a linebacker. So here's the thing, Bobby. If Oh, did I did I misspeak there? 
did, did Miami go? No, Miami went with a run back. Okay. No, 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 Do you no, say Chargers, Chargers went with a linebacker? Went, yeah, the Chargers just went with a linebacker, okay. Henley from Washington State. Okay. There are a lot of good players out there, specifically there at their biggest need right now. Yes, there's a lot of there's a lot of good players out there, period. But but specifically what we all can agree is their biggest need. There's a lot, there's there's a lot of talent out there. I'm actually texting with a friend of mine who works uh, for Clemson football, and he is pushing for Simpson. Simpson, Trenton, I'm sorry. Okay. Trent, he's actually a linebacker. He's he's actually a linebacker. Trenton Simpson um, for Clemson. So we'll see if he ends up being there, but uh, he's an inside linebacker at that. If they take him, I got some questions going into day three about what they're going to do with Patrick Queen. That's for sure. I'll just give you Ryan's list right here. Ryan Mink, um, his best of luck available. He's got Keely Ringo first and Trenton Simpson, as you mentioned. Uh, Dewan Jones, offensive tackle, Ohio State. Uh, as you've mentioned, Clark Phillips at corner. Uh, Chandler Zavala, a guard. I do not want a guard right here. Sorry to tell you. Rush, yeah, Rush could be good. Right? Darius Rush. Darius Rush from South Carolina. Tight end. Don't take a tight end here. Darnell Washington, then defensive end. I will destroy the name. I'm not going to try. If we if we select him, we're in trouble. <laughs> Clock is under a minute for the Ravens here at 86. Their first and only pick on day two. Should they thank stay you, put three more? Yes, thank you for the donation, Catherine. We appreciate you so much. We will be shouting out our patrons, our newest patrons that we added to the mix that are supporting uh, us and the channel as of yesterday, later on. So if you're interested in checking out what we're offering, especially if you're a local business owner, go check it out at patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault podcast. Tomorrow, there'll be uh, one pick in the fourth round, one in the fifth, one in the sixth, nothing in the seventh as of right now. And there's some comments coming in here. Haven't seen anything confirmed yet. People no, are really pulling for Keely Ringo. Well, according to Jeff Zarebic, you want to go ahead, oh, Sarah? I did last night. It, you got it tonight. All right. With, with the number 26 pick in the third 26. round, Ravens take 26. 86. 86. <laughs> 86. Let me start this over again. With the number 86 pick in the third round, Ravens take Clemson inside linebacker Trenton Simpson. Okay. I got a text. I got to text my buddy from Clemson football right now for the four one one, and we will try and get. Let's see. It'd be see. great if he came on right now, right? Like literally Honestly. right now. Send him the link. Be like, what are you doing? They might actually call him. Okay, so we an need, inside we linebacker. We do, but an inside linebacker has just come off the board to the Ravens. I did not see that coming. Let's wow. find out where he is on, on Jason's board. Ooh, Jason's, I mean, listen, it's Jason's got his own board, but he's got Simpson way below Ringo. Um, what inside linebacker? <gasps> Patrick Queen, hello. That's, that's, where I'm, that's where I'm going with this. Something's up. I feel like something's up. Simpson, who was Kuiper's top available player on the board, was widely considered one of the top one or two inside linebackers in the draft. 
four, four, three, he ran. Um, and obviously, and here comes Tyler. Oh, he can't come on tonight. All right. Um, here, let me, Tyler's let me give you, um, go ahead. Tyler's the director of recruiting strategy down at, for Clemson football. So it would have been great, but we can revisit this. Um, he has big upside. I'm sorry. I can't tonight. Um, I won't be ready, but, but, uh, but this, as much as we want to learn about, uh, about um, Simpson, my, my, I'm going directly towards what does this mean for Patrick queen and what's going on into day three? Yeah. I mean, what? Yeah. Like your third round pick inside linebacker and what, what was he ranked in terms of inside linebackers? What did you say? You just told me somebody had him ranked number two. Oh, Kuiper had him. And by the way, Tori Smith is announcing if you're, if you have a delay on your, on your, on your screen, Tori Smith, former Ravens wide receiver is announcing this pick as the celebrity guest here. So again, Trenton Simpson is off the board an inside linebacker out of Clemson, which certainly comes as a surprise, but this could very well be, uh, their best player available strategy or and or it could mean something is up with Patrick Queen. I talked about this last night. He scrubbed his social media of, of all things Raven. Sarah and I had a good back and forth in terms of what that means or doesn't mean in the big scheme of things in today's NFL when you can you can send a message through through something like that. I don't know if that means anything, uh, but but we talked to Roquan Smith yesterday right off the top of our marathon stream. I asked him point blank. To, you know, essentially, wh where are you at with, with Have you heard from Patrick at all? Have you talked to him this offseason? And Roquan obviously steered away from from saying anything out of turn, um, but said that he really is looking forward to playing alongside him again as his counterpart. Bottom line is, Sarah, Eric DaCosta has been given multiple opportunities over the last few weeks when asked about the fifth year option whether or not it be picked up by the May 1st deadline next week. And he has not chosen to take any of those opportunities. And we're just days away from that. Well, and I want to look up what Eric Acosta said. Um, I'm getting it right here because they did ask, and I know he did decline to talk about um, Queen, but here it is. Uh, as far as Patrick Queen goes, I'm not going to address that right now. I probably will maybe later this week. As the, as the draft ends, we'll talk about that, but I'm not going to talk about it right now. Ooh. Why, why, why at the end of the draft is it okay? Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I, I just wonder. I, I just don't, I just don't understand why they would. You're, I'm now, listen. Now there's more evidence where I'm coming a little bit more onto your side again. Yeah, the social media stuff doesn't get to me as much. Um, but why would you take your 86 pick when you only have five? And this is your basic, your second pick on an inside linebacker who, by the way, is a let's read his scouting report and then I'll we'll see. Uh, this is Daniel Jeremiah's on Trenton Simpson. Just watching here. He's like super fast, has tons of ranges from, from the highlights I'm seeing. But let's see what... Uh, Daniel Jeremiah says, he says, Simpson is a tall, twitched-up, off-ball linebacker. Sounds like Queen. He is excellent man coverage. He has the speed and agility to mirror tight ends all over the, the field, which Queen's had a hard time 
in the in like the passing game, right? With like if a tight end's behind him or a receiver's behind him. He isn't as reliable when dropping into zone coverage. He is late to react, but his speed helps cover it up most of the time. That sounds like Queen too. <laughs> He's got speed to cover up any any late, you know, reactions. He's an excellent blitzer. Sounds like Queen. <laughs> Queen is like in the backfield Off all the, the time yeah. and closes in a hurry. Also, Simpson is effective when uh, spying the quarterback. Also, he decides to when he decides to go, he is a blur. Against the run, he's at his best when he can see from outside the box. He will get lost in the trash inside the box on occasion. Overall, I wish Simpson was a little more instinct- instinctive inside, but his speed and athleticism should translate well to the next level. Yeah, so before I read that, I was going to say, based off of his highlights and just looking here, I was like, that's kind of Queen, Queen-esque. And then reading all that, it's like the same positives and negatives that you have about Queen. So... Uh, this is interesting, and they, the, I'm telling you, media are going to ask again tonight. They'll say something like, "You said last night you didn't want to talk about Queen yet. You've now taken an inside linebacker when you have very few picks. What does this mean for Queen?" And maybe we'll get an answer. But the way he said it, the way he answered it yesterday, seems to lend credence to what you're thinking, which is that he could be traded. It just better have better value than third round because that's what you would get if he left. Uh, that's what you would get with the comp pick. Yeah. Yeah. I Look, I, Patrick, he's coming off his best season as a pro. You've been uh, sounding the alarm bells in terms of if you were in his head, if you were in his court, you know, what, what would you say to him as advice, knowing that he probably isn't getting his, his fifth year option picked up in a couple of days? You, you'd say, I'm paraphrasing what you've said throughout the last few weeks, You'd say, go out and ball out for an entire season the way that you did when Roquan Smith showed up. And that, that's not to say that he wasn't playing good football prior to Roquan's arrival because he was. That's going to put your value through the roof. You're probably not going to make that money in Baltimore, but you're playing for 31 other teams. I just get, I get the sense that, I don't know. I, I think he came in here. Their expectations were through the roof as, as there always is at the linebacker position in Baltimore because of the rich history. And as a four, a first round pick, he felt the weight of the world. He was probably, I would argue the most criticized player for his first couple seasons in Baltimore. I think some of it was warranted. Some of the rest maybe was a little bit over the top. Some of it was hyperbole. And, and I think maybe he was overanalyzed because of, again, the, the importance of that position in this town. Um, but he's more than likely not getting his fifth year option picked up. I think he's known that he saw Roquan come in and essentially take his money. And I would not be surprised if we find out in the coming days that he privately, much like Marquise did last year, requested a trade. And they're going to try to honor that at some point throughout draft weekend. Okay. So I didn't know that I had controls to put comments up i hope you don't think that i took over like i was just trying to read it and i clicked it and it showed up on the thing so don't want you to think i'm trying to take over producer duties here but i just thought this was funny that the espn comp was literally patrick queen which yeah. works well with roquan smith like patrick queen's makeup is it i mean the do the two guys together have been awesome uh so that's interesting that that's literally the comp is patrick queen but yeah. this one gives him more credit with um well he's saying in man coverage. I think Queen and man coverage could keep up 
with with tight ends or running backs, it was always like in zone coverage, if they're behind him, it just felt like he he would get lost a little bit. And in Daniel Jeremiah's, he was saying he had a little bit more trouble in zone. But again, if you have Roquan Smith next to you, um, he can help out and help help tell you where to be. So some folks are asking for the announcement of Antonio Brown signing after today's stunt. <laughs> you know who I I did not know Ken Ken McCusick, I thought had the best. First of all, for those that didn't see it, Antonio Brown posted. Do you have did you happen to grab it? Probably not. Um Yeah, I don't have it, but we can pull it up. I guess, whatever. Antonio Brown can't not be in the spotlight. Like here's this weekend is about all these college draft prospects. And he's just trying to like, just wherever, like there's already like a big spotlight, like he's trying to jump in front of it. It feels like, but anyway, he put up a tweet today that had him in a Ravens Jersey and posing and, you know, had his arms up flexing his biceps and whatever. And he said, I'm looking forward to uh, getting back into the NFL season again. Ken McCusick, if some of you guys know him, maybe from Twitter, from his his podcast, Film Study, uh, he usually stays out of this kind of stuff. He doesn't get into this type of, type of Twitter stuff. So I like my jaw was on the floor when he responded directly to Antonio Brown. And he's like, I was excited when I got my season tickets for the first time too. And I bought a jersey too. He's like, I hope that you're able to find a place to tailgate and lots of great people to tailgate with. And it was just like, oh, <laughs> yeah classic. i mean we're good we're good we're good we got zay there it is <laughs> there he is it's the photoshopped 84 ravens flock excited to return to the nfl this year the guy can't stay out of the out of the publicity how about this he's a part owner of the albany empire which is an indoor arena football team in my hometown of upstate New York. And so let me just read to you the text message that I got from my dear mother today out of nowhere. She wrote me at 418, WTH or the Ravens thinking signing Antonio Brown. He's been all over the headlines here in Albany, by the way. He's been handling the Albany football team, which I don't even know what that is or that it existed what is happening? I go, mom, he fooled you. And she wrote back. She's like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> That's such a classic mom tweet, isn't it? <laughs> like it's so, so good. It's so perfect. Oh my gosh. My, our guy, Spencer, man, he's all about Trenton Simpson. He's all caps with his tweets. In all caps, Trenton yeah. Sim Simpson fits the explosive mold of linebacker that can run, hit, blitz, and should be able to man up on backs and tight ends. Good size, good length. So he's all about it. Um, yeah. EQ just tweeted. What did he tweet? What, what did he tweet? That? Oh, yeah. Sheesh. That's all. Patrick Queen. Sheesh. Oh. So, listen, does that not come across as a, that he's surprised? Sheesh can be a lot of things. Um, sheesh could be, dang, 
we just got more depth. <laughs> we just got better as a defense. Sheesh could be, dang, I didn't see this coming. I'm blindsided. Certainly Sheesh not could be a lot of different things. Okay. But you don't see um, it as like a surprise. Sheesh. I'd love to get the, the audience's opinion on this. I mean, if you guys have a, a definition of what you feel like this could be, uh, as the sirens go by downtown Baltimore here, can you hear that? Um, I cannot. Let's, let's get as many sheesh interpretations as we can right now, because I, I think there's a lot of different ones that you can turn to. They're more saying he's seen the writing on the wall. I agree with that. One person says surprised. I just want to know if you guys think it means he's surprised. Sheesh means he is surprised. That's what Rick says, but let's see what else. I think he likes it. It's surprise. I think it's discouragement. You could go a lot of different ways. Here's the tweet yeah. right here. I mean, this is this is literally it right here. Well, actually, can Twitter translate it? Thank you, Elon. Let's see what it says. Let me go do this on my actual you, laptop. Let's see. I think that's usually to another language. Yeah, never mind. It's not even letting me outside the screenshot for whatever reason. Interesting. Huh. That's funny. Tori Smith, we, we couldn't hear this because we're streaming, obviously, but but Tori took to the to, to the podium and, and introduced himself by saying Eric Tacosta's been cooking this week and it's on. <laughs> Wait, who said that? Tori Smith at the at the podium. Oh. <laughs> Look, I, I, I just can't while we're interpreting. Yeah. I, I, you know, some people are saying click translate. I, I can't, this is a screenshot right here, not a screen share. Um, so it doesn't, this isn't going to do anything for me right here, but um, look, I, I'm going to stick by what I've been saying um, over the course of this stream, really over the course of a good portion of this off season. I don't think he's very pleased with this whatsoever. Uh, but if he's surprised Sarah, then that would debunk my, Right, which is why, thing. which is why I'm asking, yeah. yeah. Which is why I'm so, asking because this this very well could be. Okay, it could definitely be your scenario, right? I'm not writing that off. I'm obviously more pulled into that more because I think this is more substantial. That who they drafted has a bigger effect on my mind than the social media account. So, so I'm not discounting your idea that he may be asked for a trade. The other possibility is that. They just took best player available, uh, and that's how the Ravens are. Um, and maybe without, I don't know, maybe I'm stretching a little bit here, without Chuck Clark, who often would come up and play that smaller linebacker role, uh, maybe this help fills it a little bit. Um, but for sure, I definitely think that Queen is like, okay, I'm not the future, pretty clear right? Pretty clear. He sees that writing on the wall. It's, but is it, and maybe is it that Eric didn't want to comment on, on queen until he knew who he was getting in the draft. So maybe he had a few yeah, scenarios. I think all these point. things. Yeah. But, all these but things. Eric's yeah, going to be asked. Be on the table. Eric's going to be asked here in a few minutes. I mean, they, they usually, unless there's another trade, they usually try to get down to the, um, the auditorium. I mean, when I worked there and I was doing the draft, we would all be typing away and hoping that, you know, Eric took at least a minute or Ozzy would take a minute so that we could get stuff up before they come. But sometimes they come quickly. So unless he's got something up his sleeve, they could be coming down pretty quickly. Yep. Yep. But we can't. As Jonah Schaefer just tweeted out, um, 
Simpson had 12 and a half sacks, 22 and a half tackles for loss over three seasons at Clemson, which as Jonas tweets, yeah, that's unreal production for an off ball linebacker. And I'm efforting to get some highlight tape up so that you can take a look at how much of a beast this dude really is. He's built like a box of bricks. Wait, Wait can we do this. that? Because the, the highlights from Zay was. Well, it would. Yeah. Well, uh, that's a good point. Yeah. So we got just to kind of let everybody in. We we got we got flagged for a copyright violation strike last night. Not a strike, but it was like just like a copyright violation from showing Zay Flowers highlights just because freaking ridiculous YouTube, whatever. I mean, this this is the platform that we're working within. But um, so we had to we had to go through an editing process today to ensure that um, you know our, our we got through the the violation, which we did. We're all set, but. Um, so yeah, we probably should hold off on, on throwing up highlights, but I'm sure you guys can go figure out what, what, what he looks like. I mean, I'll, I'll just explain to you what I'm looking at. The guy is, he's again, 12 and a half sacks, 22 and a half tackles for loss as an off ball linebacker over three years at Clemson. So he played big time football. He's, he, he, he's bursting through whether it's off the edge or between tackles, um, the guy can barely even fit his shoulders are broad and chiseled and yeah, this is, I can see why they wouldn't have wanted him hanging yeah. on the board when they were around 86. By the way, I, you can take AB off. My mouse disappeared. And so I clicked to find it and put him back oh, yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Michael, I'm with you, Michael, get rid of that AB picture. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Michael. That was not on purpose. So here's what I was thinking of trying to do since it wasn't working with your screen share, but you guys let me know if we want to try this. What I could try to do this time is bring up, um, cause I really want to hear Eric DaCosta. I could try to bring up and play it th through my microphone from my computer. Um, cause I want to hear what he says about Patrick. Sure. Should we give that a try once it comes on? Absolutely. Here comes Ryan Mink from BaltimoreRavens.com. Trenton Simpson was a military kid. His father served in the army and he spent his childhood moving around to different bases, mostly in Georgia. His father, Timothy was a command sergeant major in the army Rangers from 94 to 2021, including 17 overseas tours. So uh, this is a guy who's probably going to come in with extreme discipline, extreme discipline. And, um, a lot of tw a lot of comments are coming in here in the comment section related to Patrick uh, stripping his social media channels this offseason of all things Ravens and what that means or doesn't mean. And you get the sense that going into this press conference, perhaps things could be downplayed. Perhaps they could deny the PQ related questions. But at this point, how can you how can you actually do that? You just drafted an inside linebacker with what Roquan told us on, on uh, Friday night, I'm, I'm sorry, on Thursday night, last night was, was he, what he feels is the top duo in the entire league. Where's the disconnect here? What's happening? Something's going yeah. down. Yeah. Sometimes when I'm reading people's comments, I can't tell if they're saying they're seeing like news on Twitter or they're just wanting something to happen. So I don't want to ever uh, repeat it. Um, I tell you what, Sarah, Yeah. try to get your idea going here because Jeff is starting to pair. Um, 
is is starting okay. to to throw out quotes here. So that means okay. Trenton is meeting yeah. with the media. Oh, here's Trenton. Here he is. Here, I got it. That really appeals to you. Uh, makes you so excited. And, and did you have a good sense that they could be a team that was interested in you? Oh yes, sir. In my heart, everybody. Man, let us know if this, if you can hear this. I can hear it pretty good. Just let us know in the comment section if you guys can hear. That was the place that was best for me. Um, and they. They're already, they have a winning program. So I come from Clemson with winning pedigree. So, man, I'm just continue, excited to bring my talent and my mindset to the team, man. Uh, this is just a blessing, man. My most important out because I've been grinding at this football thing since I was six years old. So just to be in the National Football League and uh, have my family there and my mom by my side meant the world to me, definitely. Kyle's Walker. Yeah, hey, Trenton, congratulations. Um, obviously, the Ravens have a history of, of great linebackers and uh, and two two really good ones right now in Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen. What do you what do you think about uh, possibly fitting in with those guys? Oh, man, I'm excited, man. Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, I watched those guys highlight. Like, I just, I love the way they play. They play like me. They play fast, physical football, and they hit anything that's moving. And uh, that's my mindset. So I'm excited to come in the linebacker room and uh, bring my talents, um, come in there willing to learn from the vets and uh, continue to just have a great career and um, be a Raven. Kevin Richardson. Hey, Trenton, welcome to the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, going through the draft process, what is some of the criticism from some of the draft experts uh, have talked about your game that they may have been wrong about? Um, I say um, just just not knowing what, what scheme I can fit in. I can fit in any scheme. I'm the most versatile linebacker in this draft, and I'm forever going to believe that. And um, we gonna see in this, this in this career, Trent Simpson, y'all gonna y'all not gonna regret this pick, and um, I'm gonna maximize every opportunity, man. And Trent Simpson gonna go down as one of the greats for a Baltimore Raven. Believe that. Jeff Sarebeck, do you have a a sense of where you were gonna get picked? Uh, were you on the board longer than you expected, and what was sort of it like when when you got that call? Um, I was definitely on the board longer than way longer than I expected, but um. It was always God's time, and, and, I, and, I, and I believe in God with all my heart. And um, this was the place he wanted me at and the pick he wanted me to go at. So um, I'm just blessed, man. This this is a dream come true. Um, I'm just blessed, and I'm excited. It was definitely longer, but this is well worth the wait. To be a Baltimore Raven going there with the guys you have, the guys already have in the locker room, and to add me and my mindset, we're going to be great. We're going we're gonna to win some championships, definitely. <laughs> Brian Wacker. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You good, Brian? Okay. 
Jeff, did you have one more? All right, we're adding. Okay, Cliff Brown. Yeah, congratulations, man. Um, you had 12 sacks uh, in your college career and really got after the quarterback. Do you feel like that's something you can bring to the Ravens? And why do you think you were so uh, adept at being able to, to cause a pass rush? Uh, yes, sir. I definitely feel I can bring that to the Ravens. Um, I just say God's blessed me with a lot of speed and ability um, and just with my technique and my hard work and uh, just trusting my coaches and practicing hard. Um, I definitely feel I can bring that to the Ravens. Um, I feel like I'm going to be a great asset to the team on first, second, and third down. So I'm excited to see how they're going to use me. Uh, we got a lot of talent and I'm ready to work. We'll go to Kyle Barber. Congratulations. Uh, who, were there any linebackers that you were looking up to growing up and who do you model your game after? Man, definitely Roquan Smith. Now, I grew up, I'm from Columbus, Georgia. Um, and just seeing him at Georgia, he won the Bucks Award, man. Like, it's it's going to be a pleasure playing with him. And I know I'm going to be able to take a lot from him. And uh, his mindset, he's a dog. He he plays hard. He plays the right way. Um, and it's the reason it's the reason why he's the highest paid linebacker in the NFL right now. So, man, I'm just blessed to be in a room with a guy like that. So, because I, I know I'm going to pick up. I'm willing to listen. And I'm going to put the work in. And whatever he do, whatever workouts he's doing, I'm willing to come and join. I'm ready to work. And just wondering your background as a military kid, uh, kind of bounced around a little bit with your dad being in the military. How how did that shape you as a person? Uh, I feel like it, it, that's where I get my adaptability from, and, and just being able to adapt to anything. Um, I've learned so much from my family, and uh, just being a military kid, and just understanding sacrifice, and just working hard. So I'm blessed, man. My family has instilled everything in me to be a great young man, disciplined, great character, and uh, and God put a lot of talent in my body at this football thing. So, man, I'm excited. I'm blessed. And to be a Raven, man, it's, this is this truly a blessing, and I promise you we're going to have a great career here. Yes, sir. All right. Well, very good. Trenton, very much so appreciate your time. Thank you, and congratulations again. We look forward to meeting you in person soon. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for having me. Y'all have a good one. All right. All right. So great work there, Sarah. And thank you to obviously Ravens productions um, for, for the, the audio courtesy of there. I know it wasn't synced up with, with what I did with my screen share on, on StreamYard, but I wanted you to get a feel for what he looks like and, and, and whatnot. And uh, I just had a few more texts to share as well from Clemson football's director of recruiting strategy, who, who spent the last several years uh, with Trenton again, Trenton Simpson out of Clemson, three really productive years uh, down there at Clemson. People are going to love the guy. He's about his business worked like a pro since the second he stepped onto campus. He has a natural feel for the game that you cannot coach. Things come really easy to him. I think his best ball is ahead of him too. Once he settles into a role, sky's the limit. We used him in different ways. Each season he was here, he's going to help out the Ravens a lot. Again, that's from the director of recruiting strategy uh, for Clemson football. So uh, let's pick apart what we just listened to, which obviously I, if we were both smiling ear to ear. The guy's like uh, looking at Roquan as if he's an icon, which, hey, for for linebackers in the NFL, he is because he's the highest paid and he's one of the best in the entire game. And clearly Trenton's a big fan of his new teammate. That was awesome when they were like, who do you model your game after? And here we just had this discussion of scouts comparing him to Patrick Queen, but he's like Roquan Smith, <laughs> you know, like. I want to be Roquan and who doesn't want to be Roquan if you're an inside linebacker Roquan just earned just last season after switching to a brand new defense the Butkus award and he had already won it in college 
So, you know, how do you not look up to him? And he's like, you know, it's a reason that he's the highest paid linebacker. So that was, that was a fun little moment. And he also had like um, some Lamar like lines, Bobby, where he's like, you better believe this. We're, we're coming. We're coming for the Super see. Bowl. Believe it. We going to see. <laughs> yeah. We're going to see. <laughs> yeah. So, and the way your, uh, your buddy down, down at Clemson described him about being about his business. Yeah. That's, that's Roquan too. Right. That's totally like we just, us being with Roquan yesterday, I was actually telling my husband cause he couldn't watch last night. Uh, he, cause I was telling him about Roquan and I thought it was funny that you asked him, you're like, do you ever take your hair down? Like, do you ever like let loose and like do fun things? And he's like, Oh Yeah. And he's like, I like to watch documentaries. <laughs> I like, you know, and I'm like, that's, I don't think that's what Bobby meant. <laughs> you know, so there were other so things fun. he liked to do too, but it was hilarious to me that, you know, documentaries was one of his things. But yeah, this kid, this kid comes across that way too. Just like, just like Roquan, Roquan would have big, bold statements to us. Like yesterday, he's like, as soon as we got Lamar signed, Super Bowl, we're loaded. Let's go. I'm not afraid of these other AFC quarterbacks. I don't care that we're loaded. Bring it. Same thing here. This kid, Super Bowl, bring it. I can bring everything. I just want it. You know what I mean? So oh, yeah. personality-wise, again, I don't. I haven't watched any, any tape. Let's be honest, any tape one of them. Um, but personality-wise, yeah, I can see how there's a Roquan connection there. Kevin Ostriker from Lockdown Ravens just tweeting out. He's uh, monitor. Apparently, it's monitoring Patrick Queen's Twitter likes hour because uh, Kevin has done exactly that. And Patrick's latest like again, Patrick Queen, who just tweeted out within the last few minutes since this pick went final. Uh, sheesh, that's it. Just the word sheesh. And now his latest Twitter like is a meme of Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the TV, and in big white lettering, it says. Texan as if to say you a Texan <laughs> and PQ liked it. I know that doesn't necessarily mean anything, but clearly, clearly something's building here. I think, can we all agree here? Like some, something is building with Patrick queen and his future with this organization based on this pick, based on his actions, based on his perceived surprised state right now uh, i we're, we're certainly assuming that we're, we're trying to interpret sheesh here there's a lot of different interpretations that are out there uh, including one that, that could be fired up about this but i don't lean in that direction uh so to your question of is can we all agree here that something's happening so i don't think it's crazy i also as you know like to keep calm and like not try to read too much and until we have all the facts um you know, I don't like to go, go too far, but, but I also don't think that you're, you're, you know, reaching to be like, something's going on here. So I just want to remain calm and just see if this was best player. And Eric says that, and we've got plans for queen this year. And if he doesn't say that, then I will be a little bit, cause what's the point of like jumping into that when Eric's going to be speaking here? hopefully within a few minutes. Um, Absolutely. And we'll, we'll try to do the exact same thing we just did to get you an instant yeah. reaction to this, because it's going to be one of the top questions right off the jump. There's no question Absolutely. about it. Um, he, he's been asked about it, not only throughout the, the pre-draft process, but all off season long, knowing that the May 1st deadline has always been there for PQ's fifth year option. And every, every opportunity he's had, again, he's politely declined 
to answer anything related to potentially picking up PQ's fifth option. And of course, everything was heightened after the Roquan extension. So that's where we stand right now. Trenton Simpson is off the board an inside linebacker. Who's built like a freight train out of Clemson, really productive few years there, both in the sack category and the tackles for loss category. Um, and, and, and everything you're reading online <laughs> the, the, from a comp standpoint right. is Patrick queen is Patrick queen. You can't, it's yeah. like, it's just some theater here tonight on day two, which we did not expect. Well, I need you to help me understand the Texan Leonardo thing here. What help interpret that for me? Well, uh, to my quick interpretation, seeing it just in passing, is that a fan is tweeting at PQ, quote tweeting the sheesh uh-huh. with a Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, so the meme. fan is looking at him saying, "You should be a Texan." You're a Texan, and and what's interesting oh. about that, and again, it could just be could just be smoke. He and Stingley Jr. boys, Derek Stingley Jr., former tops, top two pick, if I'm not mistaken, a year or two ago. Um, remember, they were flirting with each other back and forth at the start of free agency, maybe, or maybe it was even earlier on. Somebody's got to help me with the, oh, yeah. with the tweet, the, 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 the timestamp of that. I don't know if it was in March or maybe uh, in February, but, but clearly those two were going back and forth, having the flirtatious eye emoji thing, leading some people to believe that PQ could be Houston bound. But again, that, that was literally all it was. Uh, now that you say that, I'm starting to remember it, it is ringing a bell. Uh of that now, Matthew on the other side, Matthew Christina writes in here along your lines of saying, let's just pump the brakes here and wait for EDC yeah. to meet with the media. Yeah. He was the 45th rated player in the draft still at pick 86. We have no depth behind PQ and Smith, which is actually not accurate. Josh Ross, I would consider him very good depth. I know the jury could still potentially be out on him because he, he lit it up in the preseason and then he got hurt and preseason preseason, but I think they really like him. They're high on him. Uh, but, but, but Matthew, it's, it's a, it's a great point to bring up. Um, and, and certainly, you know, yeah, we can relax a little bit. Um, but maybe I'm starting to get excited because, because I've, I've sort of felt like this has been built, not excited in the sense I like, I, I love PQ. I, I wish the best for him, you know, and I know it's been difficult to, to fill the shoes of, of a legend right at his, at his position. Uh, and, and he's been heavily, I want to say this again, he has been heavily scrutinized Sarah some of which has been warranted and this is mostly by local media here in town and the fan base right some of it's been warranted others of it hasn't been and um and I think he reads and sees and consumes yeah. all of it he is online a lot and if you yeah. somebody that watches his twitter if if you see the way that he handles himself online I get the sense he's one of those guys that doesn't block this noise out. I don't know if it affects him, but he sees all of it because he's consuming it as a social media user. Yes, he definitely does. And he's one that it's like really all players though. I mean, even, even us, like I'll even try not to read too many comments. I like to do a little bit just to be interactive and whatnot, but, um, but it's gotta be a million times tougher on, on these guys. Um, somebody had a question here and then I want to make one other point. Uh, somebody had asked how much queen is being paid. So for this season, it's under, it's a $3.8 million cap hit. <laughs> so this is not like a, uh, 
This is not a large cap hit at all. Yeah, the option in front of you. I think it's like 11 or 12. Yeah, the option, which I do not anticipate the Ravens using on him, is 12.7. That would be the fifth-year option, which would be in 2024. Um, yeah, there's no way. There's so no I will, way. I will, I will say this. I don't know whether or not Patrick Queen requested a trade, but what I will say is that now there's some surplus. Um, I don't know how good Simpson is. I don't know that he's going to be ready day one. So this is third round. How many times do you like nail a third round pick? even though it feels like an earlier pick for us because it's only the Ravens' second pick. This is a third rounder. Now, you're going to hear rookies all day on draft night. Like, they're becoming Hall of Famers. They're winning the Super Bowl, all that kind of stuff. And so uh, we need to see how he translates. So so is it – can he just start day one? Because not all three third rounders can. So, again, it it might be best player available – but it also may mean that it's like they've got depth so that Simpson can learn for a year. And if they don't do a um, fifth round option, then Simpson's going to be ready, you know, year two to step right in. As we continue to kind of dig into a little bit more on, on Simpson as a player, Jonas Schaefer is doing exactly that on Twitter. And, uh, and, and he wrote that, that Trenton's played a lot of snaps as a slot overhang defender for uh, Clemson and said that he fits every scheme. Um, he hasn't been, he, he wasn't great in coverage last year. And he said that his strongest position is playing in the box. Unlikely that he replaces Kyle Hamilton as that nickel back. But here are some of the snaps by alignment just to show some of his versatility. And again, this, this is uh this is on top of what over three years, 12 and a half sacks, 22 and a half tackles for loss. So he is active and yeah, he, he's a, he's a big, you know, so, sort of a, a lumbery kind of guy that that is also nimble. What did I say? Four, four, three, forty. So yeah. he's got some speed. Yeah, no, he definitely has some speed. That's what I'm learning about here, and that he's got a lot of range. Uh, I, I just keep coming back to to uh, Patrick Queen. Queen had a lot of range and can go sideline from sideline. I mean, he had some speed too. So uh, again, whether it's uh, here's what I'm confident in saying at this point, prior to talk, listening to Eric DaCosta, whether it's this year or in 2024, this is the replacement for Patrick Queen going forward. What we need to find out if that's happening in 2023 or in 2024. And now it, at the very least, Eric DaCosta should be comfortable in saying, we're not going to pick up his fifth year option. Yes. Yes. And uh, we're saying, it looks like the Harbaugh, DaCosta, Hortiz trio of uh, day two press conference recap is 12 minutes out, 12 minutes and counting out courtesy of, um, that's a, or I should say, according to their YouTube channel, Ravens channel. So what we'll do again, we'll continue to break this thing down and hopefully in about 10 minutes or so, uh, they're going to meet with the media and we can get some of these questions answered. Um, so looking at it, the Ravens YouTube page has the scheduled uh, press conference starting in 12 minutes at 11:15. Sometimes they'll come in a little bit earlier. Um, but for now they have it scheduled for just under 12 minutes away. Um, I want to look at the board to see who was taken. I haven't really looked at the board since. Um, 
San Francisco's on the clock at 99 right now. And, uh, oh, wow. 49ers are moving on from Robbie Gould. They're going with uh, Michigan kicker Jake Moody at number 99. Gould's been around a long time. Robbie Gould way, started in um, the, in Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Jerry most Rossberg. Do. Most great kickers do. <laughs> um, by the way, it was great to see. To... Sorry to interrupt. It was just great to see Justin Tucker out supporting the Orioles the other day with his son Easton. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was that was really nice. But uh, yeah, the Ravens could be renamed, you know, Kicker University or whatever. Yeah, I remember Gould. I remember he was at a training camp once. He was the most upbeat, kind of like Justin Tucker, not as quirky as as Justin. But just an upbeat, outgoing personality, always smiling, always happy. Uh, so it was cool to see him catch on in the league, but uh, I guess no longer in, in San Francisco. He's been around for a minute, though. He has been around for a minute. All right, so. Um, so <laughs> I, I just – okay, so we've talked a lot about inside linebacker. How do we feel about you still feel fine? You still feel fine not getting a corner yet. I know that you've been cool with that. I here's my thing is I feel like if the Ravens wait till the fourth round, which now they will at the very least, if you know, and maybe later, unless there's a trade or something going on with with uh Queen or whatever. But if they wait till the fourth round, the Ravens have two fourth rounders from last year who are developing. And so I just didn't, I didn't want to like just add a third, fourth rounder and then, you know, see what could, they already have that. So unless, again, we've talked about the depth of this draft, maybe this year's fourth rounders are different from last year's fourth rounders. Um, but we didn't see much. Why is their, their names escaping me right now? Um, well, well, I think leaving Ringo, leaving Keely Ringo, uh, on the board at 86 there to go for an inside linebacker was, was definitely something that I would like to ask, you know, Eric right now. And I yeah. know he will be asked about that. He will be asked. Uh, maybe not, you know, maybe not directly, but he's going to be asked about this decision. And um, you, you just got to wonder, I mean, beat gamer 99 saying there's going to be corners in, in round four. And, and maybe that ends up being the case. And yes, there are veterans available, including Rocky sin and Marcus Peters, we know that Marcus has been extremely outspoken over the last year or so, essentially confronting his football immortality in that piece, right? Like being very uh, transparent and open about some of the, the the darkness that he worked through coming back from that torn ACL, his, the most significant setback that he's had throughout his football career. And he's also sung the praise, sang the praises of Baltimore since coming here. And he thinks that this is home. So could there potentially be a scenario at some point that Marcus is back in the picture and they go a late round type of guy on day three to compete with him or even learn from underneath him and, and, and potentially be that future guy? I don't know. Do you also bring in Rocky Sin and, and go between him and Marcus Peters? There's a lot of different options on the table. Brandon Stevens is still on this team as well, we should note. And, um, you know, the, the jury is still out, obviously, on um, – Remind me the uh, the Alabama cornerback that was yeah, uh, so Jalen Davis, Jalen so. Armour Davis, and um, Demarion Williams. Demarion, I think, was our 
He was like well, an early guest on our show. Yeah, Pepe. Yeah, we 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 got him early when we first started our show, and he was he was fantastic to talk to. Uh, so those are the two. I believe they were both fourth rounders last year. Um, and to your point, okay. And then obviously, right before the draft, not that I'm just pointing out all the the uh, the depth. Uh, right before the draft, they had re-signed Kevon Seymour, and then the there's Trayvon Mullen, who they fully basically fully guaranteed that whole quarterback that or that contract and that is Lamar Jackson's cousin um so and as you pointed out there's Brennan Stevens so listen if if the Ravens end up adding another fourth rounder which is or later which um obviously isn't the end of the world but if that is the scenario and as we know that we need depth I would be a proponent of signing both Rocky Sin and Marcus Peters. Like to me, if they were going to get either, if it was like a first round or a first rounder, or maybe a third rounder with, with great depth, and maybe they could have gotten, gotten away with not bringing both of them back. But if you're going to get a guy that's fourth rounder or, or beyond, you just can't bank on that. So I would want to bring back both. The other question is, um, Oh, why why is his name who who got hurt basically the first the first game versus the Jets and we just signed Kyle him from Fuller. the Broncos yeah what's he what's his is he I guess he's just a free agent right Al Fuller I believe is still on the yeah still unsigned and available on the open market yeah um, and unfortunately, you're right. He was one of the, the the many players who fell victim to the MetLife Stadium turf. And I should say that I read an article recently, finally, and I grew up going to the stadium, so it's near and dear to my heart. Um, they finally went like, I think it was like artificial grass or something along those lines so that uh, w- whatever you know, enhancement they made there is, is scientifically better or the statistically better, uh, to run on. And mm-hmm. gosh, I mean, the amount of people that had non-contact injuries at MetLife stadium playing on that turf, you had to change something. And they finally did this off season. So that's good for Kyle Fuller. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, I'm trying to remember who else there was another Raven that, um, because remember they played there twice. They played against the jets and the giants in a, in just a span of like a month under a month, if I'm not mistaken. And somebody went down in the giants game and it's his, I'm just, I'm, I'm forgetting if any of you remember who that was. Um, anyway, it's, it's not, it's not a huge deal. What I want to do though quickly is, uh, cause we're going to have this press conference coming up shortly. What I want to do before I bring up Cole Jackson's tweet, which I think is just a phenomenal comparison that we can get into, is thank a couple of our newest patrons who are supporting us and the channel through Patreon. If you're interested in doing the same, uh, you can go check out what we're offering by visiting patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault podcast. But we want to shout out Brian Spar. We want to shout out Allie Mills. We want to shout out Steven Isbister and uh, Spy Funk and also... Trevor Smith for uh, supporting and believing in what we're building here in Baltimore. If you're a small business owner and you're interested in getting what you do, um, you know, from a messaging standpoint out to a Ravens related audience on a monthly basis, you can check out what we're offering at our small business level title sponsor deal on a monthly basis, just $49.99 to sponsor an entire episode of the month 
uh, I'm sorry, an entire episode of The Vault on a monthly basis, one per month. So just wanted to throw that out there really quickly. And again, shout out to, uh, to some of our loyal patrons. Here's Cole's tweet, Sarah. I think this is interesting. Patrick Queen is a better pl- overall player, but this situation feels kind of similar to Kyle Hamilton and Chuck Clark. I think Hamilton's selection put the writing on the wall for Clark. To Clark's credit, though, he went about his business until he was traded. It seems similar for sure. What do you think? Yeah, that's exactly what I just said. That it was like when I when I said because we were we were talking about scenarios when it first happened, and I said, you know what? Here's what I'm Did comfortable you say with that? saying. Did you say that? Did I'm you already make that comparison that- tonight? Well, did no, I, already, I did not. No, 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 I did not. I didn't. No, 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 no. I did not. I did not make the comparison of of Kyle Hamilton and Chuck Clark. And for those okay. listening, after the show, um, Bobby and I often because we're both, especially Bobby. Bobby's producing and trying to like listen to me while reading your comments, while looking at patrons, while looking at tweets, and I'm kind of doing the same thing. And one day we'll get a producer who can help. Who can help do that, and we can. Uh, so every once in a while, we'll, we will miss something that the other one said. But no, I did not make the comparison of of Kyle and Chuck. But what I did say um, is that I said, here's what I'm comfortable saying right now before we hear from from Eric DaCosta. And that's that Trenton Simpson is has been drafted to ultimately replace um, Patrick Queen. But whether that's in 2023 or 2024, that's what we need to find out. And so that's why I said I'm not ready to go down the trade route yet, although it's not crazy to think that way. But to me, it's kind of like, well, it could have just been best player available and he will become the replacement. But I'm not. But just like with Chuck, it took a year for that to happen. And so maybe in this case, you kind of like give him a little taste of things again. And by the way, Kyle Hamilton was a first rounder. We're talking about a third rounder. And so who knows, he could blow up um, and be ready for the job or it, it may take him a year. So, so this could very well be a plan to replace queen, but not for another year. Can we just acknowledge though, that um, I, I think there's a tremendous difference in overall personality between Chuck and Patrick, you know, like I, I get the sense that Patrick and is, is, a much more emotional uh, wear it on his sleeve kind of guy. Whereas Chuck is no doubt he had his emotions behind the scenes. Right. And he was open about that at the start of training camp. Remember that press conference last year, he made it clear. He made it clear that he wanted out, but ultimately when it couldn't get done, remember Eric, Eric tried to see what the market would give him a year ago and there was nothing there. So what did Chuck do? He may have pouted behind the scenes, but when he showed up to camp, when he showed up to Owings Mills, it was all business and he refused to lose his job. I hope that Patrick proves me wrong. I think they have completely different personalities and I get the sense that Patrick is hypersensitive, a little emotional, and I'm just basing that off of what I've seen on social media, not necessarily his actions in person. So I want to be fair to him, but that's just me reading some of, of what I've seen from a body language standpoint, overall demeanor on social media. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. And I'm going to come back with if, if he were upset and let's say this, let's go to, so let's say that this is a, and thank you, Kyle, we appreciate you. Um, Let's say that this is just best player available. Same as last year with Kyle Hamilton. 
And yes, that bothered Chuck Clark. And yes, it could bother uh, Patrick Queen. But again, I'm going to come, I would, I would say back to Patrick Queen, if I were Eric DeCosta or John Harbaugh, you're still the starter. And, and it's exactly what I've been saying to you. There's going to be no better place. We just re-signed Lamar Jackson. You've got Roquan Smith to be your, your, your duo. You're going to be putting on a show for 31 other teams. And if you ball out with this stacked roster, whether we go deep into the playoffs or all the way to the Super Bowl, it's going to happen. Is Sarah, it started? You, sorry to interrupt, but they're, yeah, they're on. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Thank you for the heads up there. Beat Gamer 99. You were the first to let us know. And thanks well, to those who pointed out that it was Jawan James in that Giants game. As a four down linebacker, eventually, uh, tremendous potential and upside. And uh, he's, he's a great kid. Questions? So, John, how do you, because it seems like he's played a lot of snaps inside a linebacker, even with some at corner. Uh, where do you project? Well, that's the point, kind of thing. He's versatile. He's a run and hit linebacker. Uh, Joe talked about that just a few minutes ago. Uh, he can play really across the board. You know, he can play from the slot all the way back across to the wheel. And he can play on the edge of the line. So that's kind of nice. He's fast. He's a kind of straight line, cover ground kind of guy. He can, he can actually rush. I think when we blitz, he'll help us. And then special teams. You know, he's going to definitely be a part of that. He already started talking about that on the phone. Uh, he's going to be on all special team stuff. So uh, it's always great to add speed and kind of that, uh, you know, He's a missile, you know, they add that kind of mindset to our defense and our special teams is a big plus. You mean by white fever wiped out where you guys get third round grades on other than since we're pretty much all gone? Is that well, I mean, you, you have players in every round that you, you know, aspire to take. You know, you look at you look up there and be man, that would be a great pick, that would be a great pick. And at one point, early part of the third round, we probably had seven or eight names, and by the end. We had one. That's you know, so you have to, you know, you pick the best player. That's what we do. Um, uh, interesting, you know, it's interesting. Just as an aside, you know, thinking about looking at the receiver position, starting that round, there were a lot of really good receivers available, and you know, at one point, this, you know, this process fall, I'm thinking maybe we would have a chance to draft a, a wideout in the third round, and it just got annihilated in the span of about ten picks, and so uh, we're very thankful. Um, that we got Zay. Eric, does the, you know, drafting uh, Simpson, does that have any impact on, on Eric Green's future at all? Yeah, so that's something, as I said yesterday, um, you know, we'll address at some point. We love Patrick. I love Patrick. Patrick is, in my mind, uh, one of the better world linebackers in the league. He's smart. He works his butt off. He's got a bright future. I think he's a Pro Bowl linebacker uh, in the making. And so, uh, you know, uh, in Trenton, we get a guy that was honestly, I mean, the very best player available at the time. That's our philosophy. That's how we build our team. Uh, the fact that he's an outstanding special teams player factored in because that's, you know, that, that, that transcends positional defensive football. That guy's going to be on the field for us, helping us win games. And that's a huge thing for us. We love his mentality. We love his background, his family. And it was an easy pick for us to make. Just to be clear, uh, with the ideal for Patrick, is it by the end of the draft or just by that Tuesday deadline? Do you guys expect that? Well, I think the deadline is what the first 4 p.m. It's probably when we'll make it, I would say, by then. Uh, when, when, what kind of stood out when you were watching film and 
throughout the whole scouting process without a belt. Yeah, you know, it's been mentioned twice, the versatility. He came in as a really an outside backer, nickel-type player for them. You mentioned it, Jamison, where he's playing some corner even. Um, so the, the athleticism, the speed, when you put the film on, the, you watch him go from sideline to sideline. He can close ground very quickly in pursuit. Um, he's very active on film. And then, you, like Eric mentioned, his character is, is off the charts. There at Clemson, they rave about him. Uh, you know, we get a lot of information from them about their players, and and he comes from a great program and, and, and a great place, and and so it just put everything together. It's just, it just feels like a good pick. Eric and Joe, we've talked to you guys a lot about the cornerbacks. Um, is is that a position where there's still going to be good value when you guys are picking in the fourth? I think so. Yeah, and no, all we look at the board now. Yeah, of course. You've got to be, you know, there's always an element of luck involved and teams taking other players. But as we look up there in this coming round, you know, we see some guys that we would consider taking in the fourth round for sure, definitely. Um, and I'll tell you, that's an important position. There's no team in the league. Well, probably there are other teams. But yeah, as you guys all know, you've seen us. Like, we realize the value of that position. And, uh, and we'll continue to address that via the draft, via other means. Um, you know, there's a lot of opportunities out there for us to get better at that position. And uh, the draft is certainly part of that. And I think we, we have a board where we see players that we would take in the fourth, fifth, and sixth round, definitely. Eric, were you at all tempted to trade up? Did you attempt it at any point? Um, and it was just too rich, or you just knew the draft capital you had, that was probably a good point? Yeah, I mean, you know, in another year, Jeff, we probably might have traded. You know, had we had 12 picks, I could see maybe us trying to trade up potentially. This year, hamstrung by the, the picks that we have, uh, it was probably prohibitive. Uh, you know, our trade was, as I said, Roquan. That was our trade up this year, basically. We gave up a two and a five for an all, all pro linebacker. That was our trade. And, and you know, we kind of went into the process knowing that. Uh, we did consider uh, trading back in the round. We fielded a couple calls. The value wasn't there for us uh, to do that, and so uh, we decided to pick. Uh, in that pre, uh, you know, round two video you guys put up on the social media, you said that you guys plan to have five players in the next 24 hours. At that point, you, you only have four picks. Was that just a plugging of the words, or do you expect to add <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the video? You never know. <laughs> you never know. You never know. John, uh, there's a lot of talk about uh, Simpson as a personal linebacker. Do you envision him being more or playing primarily inside or outside? Or to me? Yeah, I think it start, he'll be an inside backer. They probably could go out to the edge. We do move those guys out there quite a bit. You know, we'll kick, we'll kick our, our you know, in our, in our even front package, nickel package. We'll kick our weak side end down to a three technique and bring the will linebacker up in the last scrimmage. You do that a lot with Malik. So those guys are versatile doing that. Patrick does that a lot. So he'll be involved in all those type of things. In that same vein, just how valuable is this, you know, kind of the positionless defense and being able to match up against tight ends with linebackers like that? Like just how much versatility does that give you and Mike? Yeah, I mean, as Mike talks about it all the time. And really when we draw our defenses up, a lot of times we put – we do do X's, you know, a lot of times we do do numbers, you know, we'll talk about, we number our coverages, you know, in terms of not just man coverage, but also zone coverage. So sometimes it's, it's even defensive tackles dropping out into coverage. 
or as guys blitzing in certain gaps. It can really be anybody that does it. We try to build the defense in that way. We have since 2018. That's kind of that's how we we reorganize the whole defense. So the idea is for guys to be all around. So you say, where do they play? Well, really, they all play everywhere most of the time. I don't really think he's going to play corner though, Joe. No, that's no, a, you know, it's not part of the plan. But you know, <laughs> um, that's how we really want all our guys to be able to play that way. Did you any of you guys call Patrick, or at this point that you guys are doing something that would be something you could you do in the coming days, or you don't think it's necessary? Period. What do you mean? Call Patrick. Call Patrick Queen. Oh, yeah. I mean, we talked to him. I enjoy, I think Zach's already talked to him. We I talked to Patrick yesterday or the day before. Patrick's good. I mean, I'm, I, I, he'll be more good players we can have on our team, the more our guys should be happy. So this guy, you know, when this guy comes in, all of our players, our linebackers are going to love him. I know Roquan's already talked to him. I'd be surprised if Patrick hasn't talked to him yet. Now, that's on Patrick, but. Uh, he's he's going to be great in our room. He's going to be great for our team. Uh, Patrick's going to love him, you know, as well. Uh, Robon was the linebacker that he looked up to. He was a Georgia guy. Um, was that something he talked to you guys about at all when he met with you? Did he speak to us about yeah, looking up to Roquan? Roquan is a role model? No, I, to us, to me personally, no. But, you know, he's definitely a proud Georgia player, you know, and, and most of those guys are. So, um not surprising that he mentions that to all you guys. Eric, I know you may not know this for sure until you're on the clock or the phone rings, but would you still like to get more picks here? Um, do you like what could be on the board tomorrow and feel like you need more picks to kind of take full advantage of that? Well, we, you know, we just we look at the board, but yeah, we can always get more picks. I mean, getting picks, I got to say, like, it's, it's not that hard to get picks, you know, I mean, but you got to have players to pick too. You know, and so you have to look at the board, figure out like, you know, all the analytics guys upstairs do a great job of figuring out, you know, the range of players that we're going to be picking from. And uh, I mean, even, you know, today, Ozzy said, well, you know, who should I look at? And we had a range of players and, you know, honestly, Trenton fell smack dab in the middle of a 10 player range of players based off of, you know, 25 years of draft history. We had a certain spot. But you, so you have to have good, you know, you have to see the players that you might look at that you like. For us, we're trying to get players typically that are in our top 125 on our board. And so if we trade back and we don't feel like we're going to be able to get those kind of players, it's probably not worthwhile doing it. But, you know, you can always trade back. Teams are always calling, especially as you get into the third day of the draft, because other teams covet, you know, they want to move up. Teams always want to move up. You know, it's that bias you know, that consensus bias and they want to move up and take and get those players. And so they want to do it, but you gotta, you gotta have players. And as we've said, you know, we think our roster is pretty good, Jeff. It's going to be hard for guys to make the team. You know, uh, we've had a lot of draft picks in the last three, four years. And so, you know, we, we went into this year really not thinking that we wanted 10 picks. For, uh, for Joe or Eric, do you guys see uh, more value, uh, Yeah, I'd, I'd say there's a combination of both on the board right now first. Um, you know, again, we mention versatility all the time and we can project players inside that may not play outside or that may not play inside in college, but their movement skills, their toughness, their instincts. So there's some guys on the board that may not have the experience playing inside that we feel they can move inside.
Well, that was fascinating on a number of levels. And um, again, thanks to to Ravens Productions for uh, the the audio courtesy there. I know it wasn't synced up, but we just wanted again to, to give you an idea of what you were you were watching. Uh, main takeaway, I guess, Sarah was was you you were kind of spot on in terms of at least for what they're gonna from a messaging standpoint where they're gonna go right now, right? Saying that they love Patrick, embracing him. He's not gonna touch the fifth year option conversation right now ahead of the May first deadline. And matter of fact, he's he went as far as to say he's gonna go right up into the deadline on May first at four PM. So I don't know what that might might mean to this, but uh uh, and then obviously another big takeaway is, is the picks, right? Uh, yeah, they don't need 10 this year, but they're likely going to be Jonas is hilarious. He's like, did you mean to say five? And Eric was like, <laughs> did I say that? You know, like, did they already have something in the works for tomorrow? You know, <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, so yeah, so big takeaways for me is that Eric DeCosta was asked straight up. Does this signing affect Patrick queen? And that is when he gave his quote of, we love Patrick, I love Patrick. Patrick, to me, is the best Will linebacker in the league. He's a linebacker in the making. And then he's reiterated, which he did at least twice, maybe more, saying it was best pick available. So that confirmed what we were saying. Maybe this is a best pick available situation. And that's what Eric DaCosta said. This is not, um, well, never mind. I won't say that. Okay. The second thing is, um, cause I just saw some questions. People had said that they had seen that Simpson has also been listed as an outside linebacker. I mean, these draft websites, everything they list him. It's clear that he's been brought here as an inside linebacker. Harbaugh made that clear. Although said we are a versatile defense though. And they like to be positionless, if you will. And we'll sometimes send the guys out to the end, but he's an inside linebacker. His comp is like Patrick queen. He literally said that Roquan Smith is who he models his game after he's primarily an inside linebacker. So just wanted to get that out there. I say this a million times deadline spur actions. Ozzie Newsom was the same way. He will not make announcements until an announcement has to be made. And he did that again when he was on that Cleveland show. Remember Bobby, when Ozzie went to that Cleveland show and they were asking about Lamar and he said, we'll make the decision when the, you know, the tag deadline comes. That's just the way they are. So that deadline is Tuesday. And my guess is, is there will be some sort of statement on that on Tuesday. Um, now I'm leaving this for last. John Harbaugh. <laughs> so they asked, have you talked to Patrick Queen? Jeff asked it. This isn't a... This is not the same as a Ravens had Joe Flacco and then they drafted Lamar Jackson and, need, and they need to go talk to Joe. This is not the quarterback position, number one. And number two, this is not a first-round pick. This is a third-round pick. He was like, oh, yeah, I've talked to Queen. I talked to him the other day and talked about, you know, the linebackers coach talking to him. And then he said, Patrick should be happy. The more good players we get, the better we are. Patrick should be happy. So – that tells me, Bobby, that's the biggest clue to me that this is not, there's not like some sort of trade in the works. Could he still be traded? Maybe if things happen and maybe if Queen really is upset and demands one. But at this point, when he says Queen should be happy, that's the head coach 
trying to put together a culture where we're all in this together and everybody competes. Nobody gets anything handed to them. Everybody competes. Harbaugh loves to compete. So in Harbaugh's mind, Patrick's got to get his mind right with his teammates, right? So that doesn't scream to me that the Ravens have a trade in the works. And it, and I 1000% agree. Like, listen, this is not, you're, you're not Aaron Rodgers. You're not like, okay, yes, you are a Pro Bowl in the making. The, the, the Ravens are towing the exact correct line in my view, which is um, we believe in you. We love you. We still compete. And we bring people in and you should never feel afraid of that, okay? This was not a first rounder. So if this does bother Patrick, I agree with Harbaugh. Let's go. Let's do, do Chuck Clark. Let's go. And this wasn't a number eight pick. This is number 86. If number 86 gets to you and we're telling you we love you, like that's on you, Patrick, you know? And, and I don't want to read into Patrick. Maybe he's not upset. Who knows what he meant by sheesh. But, um, but yeah, it's like, come in here and you have the world at your fingertips with this roster. You just signed Lamar Jackson. You got OBJ. You just got Zay Flowers. An 86 pick that should not bother you. You got Roquan right next to you. We believe you're a pro bowler. We love you. Let's just come in here and let's go. Well said. It's well said. It better not bother him. Right, it better not bother him. But I think there's a couple cues that 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 you're picking up on. I mean, I I, I love the angle of of the team building aspect and the compet and the competition and and the message that Harbaugh had for PQ there about how he should be fired up. Uh, but I also thought that there was a sense of I don't know, like, are they on the same page? Was was he ever specifically asked about the tweet? Did any reporter bring up the tweet itself? Throughout that, I, I don't thought so. I heard. I thought I heard somebody say "sheesh," but I don't think Harbaugh heard it because it was oh, kind really? of intermingled. Yeah, it may. I need to go back and listen, but like there was a point there where um, where Jeff was asking about, "Did you call Patrick?" And then Harbaugh said something back, and then somebody else said "sheesh." There was like a few people kind of talking at the same time with the reporters. And Harbaugh never directly, which that would have been, I mean, it is the second time that Harbaugh may not be aware of a tweet in the last like month uh, when, when Lamar, you know, asked for the trade as he's sitting down. But, but uh, yeah, I don't think Harbaugh addressed it, but I did think I, but it, it wasn't like a clear question. It wasn't like a clear question. Then Harbaugh had to answer. It was kind of in the, the mix of, of a few people talking. Well, Michael chiming in on YouTube too. The, the the Harbaugh quote there, that's on Patrick. I think he was referencing whether or not he's been in touch with, with Roquan this offseason, if I'm not mistaken. Do you remember that specific one, Sarah? Say that again. I, I think what Michael's referencing here with this quote of Harbaugh saying that's on Patrick, I think is oh. referring to like the commu the offseason communication with Roquan, if I'm not mistaken. Do you happen to recall? Yeah, it was about the communication. It was like um but I don't, I don't remember who he was referring to because he said Patrick – or he goes, Roquan's already called him, and Patrick's got to call him. That's on him. But who are they saying? Were they saying that Roquan called Simpson? Who are they talking about? Yeah, I'm going to need I'm gonna need a little bit of help from our audience there. I, was, I got caught multitasking, unfortunately. But uh, up on the screen, Mel Kuyper has the, his top remaining prospects – 
in his top 75 entering day three, Sarah. And there's a couple guys that, that, that could potentially be of interest to the Ravens, including uh, Keely Ringo, who is the 63rd ranked player in Mel's top 75, the Georgia cornerback who the Ravens had some interest in. Of course, we spoke with, with Hudson Mason, the former Georgia quarterback, like we referenced earlier on. And as of right now, the Ravens have the 124th overall pick tomorrow in the fourth round. And that will be one of three should they not move around at all. And uh, Eric did just say that, they, you know, their goal because of how deep of a roster they have, they don't feel like they need 10 picks this year, but do they need six or seven perhaps? So we'll, we'll, we'll see if they make any movement, but, uh, but that's, that's yeah, Mel's I mean list right now. That's that's good list. Good good update there. Everybody's saying is it was it was about Patrick Queen calling Simpson because because Roquan did, you know. And that's uh-huh. and that's my thing. That's my thing. Like I feel like you don't. You put him on I, blast. Well, first of all, Roquan Smith is not on social media, really. I mean, I remember when he moved here or when he came to Baltimore, uh, he was like saying that he wasn't doing social media. Maybe I should start again and whatever. And uh, he may have re- resurrected a bit on on Instagram, but not really much on Twitter. I was just looking him up because he was our guest, and I was trying to figure out if I should tag him. I was like, no, he doesn't use this this account. But um, but I guess I guess here's my point. It's kind of like, granted, Roquan Smith was just traded for and was just awarded a contract for, and he's he's the highest paid linebacker in the league, or at least he was the moment that he signed it. Um, Roquan Smith. Though, if he's calling Simpson, that's him being like, I'm a leader. I'm going to lead you. I don't look, I don't, I don't look at you as a threat, like a threat. Patrick Queen, I feel like should have that same energy. It should be like, hey, I'm going into my fourth year. My, my GM literally just said, my GM literally just said, I'm a pro bowler in the making. And, and like, it just shows to me a little bit of of like a lack of confidence. Insecurity. Insecurity. There you go. Yep. Insecurity is the word. And and maybe maybe there's you know them bringing in Roquan. Maybe maybe I get it. He's a former first round pick and all that kind of stuff. But I'm still not convinced unless unless Simpson comes in again. This is the 86th pick. Don't be threatened by number 86 come in here and play ball next to Patrick, uh, next to Roquan Smith and become a pro bowler. And now you can become the next highest paid linebacker. Not because, not because he's necessarily better than Roquan, but because that's how the contracts work. And if you ball out enough, you will get the next biggest contract. So come at it like that. Like, this is my year. I'm going all out. Nothing's stopping me. That's what I want to see from Patrick. I don't want to see an insecurity about pick number 86. I could not agree more with you. I just, I don't know if, if that's the way he's wired about this situation right now, you know, again, we, we want to make it clear that the tweet that we're referencing right now, we, we, we don't, we're, we're, we're interpreting it essentially, right? The sheesh tweet that came down as Trenton Simpson was drafted 86th overall by the Ravens. Here it is right here. If you haven't seen it yet, just within the last hour or so PQ uh, got on Twitter, 10 32 PM sheesh as this pick was announced. So uh, again, you can interpret that the way you want it to, but I, I think 
there, we, I, I think, I feel like we have reason to believe that he is insecure right now. He does not know what his future holds for him. He has, is rubbed the wrong way by what's taking place, taken place over the last year or so. He's a former first round pick. He had all the expectations in the world. He underachieved through his first couple seasons. Roquan showed up. He was having a solid year prior to Roquan's arrival. Roquan's arrival put him through the roof. Everybody was talking about them as the most dynamic linebacker duo in the entire NFL. Roquan said exactly that yesterday night with us at 8 15 on our live stream. He said he was looking forward to playing with him again for a full season, their first full season together. And uh, and I, I just I'm not getting the sense that that he has the right mindset right now uh, for what he needs to do in order to get, get paid. Cause it's probably not going to happen in Baltimore. And, and is, is he going to go so far? Is he going to take it so far that he doesn't want to be here anymore? Even though you and I both believe that this is the best scenario for him to eventually get paid. Even if it ends up being outside of the Ravens. Maybe, but Bobby, I don't, I don't want to go that far with it. Is it possible that what I I just, I don't want to go so far to say that like, that like he, he doesn't have the mindset to do it. Like he, he, he saw the Ravens pick somebody. He wrote sheesh. He could be already over it at this point. I believe that Patrick queen can have a great season with Roquan Smith. I think he can start all 17 games as long as he's healthy. I think that, if he plays like he did in the second half of next season, then yeah, he could be in the conversation of being a pro bowler. I'm not going to go so far. Now, sheesh, or or if he's not calling Simpson, I'd be like, yeah, let's go do that. So so it appeared insecure. I don't know it for sure. So I'm not going to take it beyond that. I'm not going to take it beyond that. I The way I see it, Patrick Queen is still the starting inside linebacker next to, to Roquan Smith. And I think he he started to take off. This is his fourth year. I expect big things from him. And and we'll just, you know, we'll leave it at that. He had he had a reaction, but but do I think he has a mindset to still play at a high level? For sure. For sure. I may have, yeah, I, I think I probably misspoke there in terms of mindset. Clearly he does. He showed us that last year. He had the best year of his career. Uh not under these circumstances with a new inside linebacker coming in in the third round, but but, but yeah, I mean, the guy's got, yeah, I, I didn't think I maybe probably came across the wrong way there with the, with the word mindset, but, um, wow. Day two, day two. <laughs> <Who thought that laughs> the day two would have brought this kind of drama or at least entertainment. We won't call it drama until we really know what's going on. How about that? Out of fairness to PQ. Uh, but then again, he's put himself, Sarah, he's put himself in the position for us to interpret. That's what's annoying about this. You know, you tw- you tweet out a cryptic tweet, essentially, as this pick is going down, having scrubbed the Ravens of all things, you scrubbed your social accounts of all things Ravens. You see, t- you see um, outlets and people reacting to it, and you've never said anything about it in terms of reaction throughout the course of this offseason. So, yeah, like, yeah, to me, listen, it kind of begs yeah. the question. He's had a chance to clear some of this stuff up. And instead, he adds to the drama here. He adds to the level of curiosity and and skepticism and speculation surrounding it. 
I hear what you're saying. Like, yes, he put a tweet out there for that was vague, and that is the world we live in. I, I think I tweeted this the other day when we still didn't know that Lamar was getting signed. It was when he put out the SpongeBob, and then OBJ puts out the Bookum, right? And I had tweeted their screen grabs, and I was like, "We're in the age of of players putting out subliminal me- messages, and you can either hate it or you can ignore it or you can have some fun along the way, right?" And so. So I hear you in that he put that out there to allow it to be a talking, just something that people talk about because we're, we're reacting live to everything, right? And right at now. the same time, <laughs> at the same time, we can show some measure, right? Just like we show measure with like, you know, Lamar or OBJ. Like, I don't want to read too. It's kind of like when, when, when Lamar put out, I want to be traded. That was a bigger thing than what, what Patrick just did, but I wanted to keep my cool and be like, okay, this is a business tactic. Right. And you kind of like, you want to keep calm about that. So in this sense, I don't think it's a business tactic. I think it's Patrick queen wears his thoughts and sleeves kind of on uh, or thoughts and feelings on his sleeve. And so he had a reaction. We talk about it. And then let's social, show some measure. Just because he put it out there doesn't mean that we need to like go, you know, a thousand miles down the road with it. I guess that's my thing. Is it's like, yes, it's there. Let's talk about it. But why do we need to like go deeper and deeper and deeper about the psychology behind him? I guess that's just where I'm at. Like, I, I just, to me, that goes, that's too far for me. I guess the context that we have though of of what's happened prior to this is maybe why i've been willing to to go that that far i don't i don't want to go you know yeah to crazy to crazy lengths here but just some of the context of the off season that's already out there um is why i've i'm I'm maybe um open to the idea here and it's starting to kind of connect for me but but yeah i mean i'm i appreciate your like, yeah, we need to be level-headed during this. We can't jump to any conclusions because ultimately we're trying to decipher a tweet that's a one-word tweet that could have 15 <laughs> different definitions to it. So um, right. yeah, I'm really not trying to start any drama. I'm seeing the comments. I, I'm, I'm really not. I, I'm really just trying to um, you know, understand well, what the philosophy was here. And, yeah, you're having live reactions just, yeah. like, just like Patrick did. So like I, it's not – we're all just reacting live to it and all that kind of stuff. So um, – yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, it's all good. Uh, but uh, anything else you want to hit on before we before we wrap up tonight? Well, uh, first of all, I just think that <laughs> we don't we we're still have questions at corner. But I will say one thing that came up is when uh, Jeff Zrebic was um, typing out that um, about a question about corners. Uh, he gave the quote of what Eric said, but then Jeff was very clear. And he said, as I've said all week, the Ravens next week will sign one or two corners. So we just need, I just, for me, I need to keep putting that in my mind. Cause I've, as you know, I wanted a quarter corner in the first round, <laughs> right? So then I was opening one for the third round. And so now as we hit the fourth, I'm sure at some point it will come in the fourth, fifth or six wherever their last picks are and so um you know i just think about there is a lot of youth on there there is marlon humphrey and then in there hopefully in their back pocket is rocky sin and and marcus peters so that's really that and guard right i mean you can add some depth and defensive line or whatever but i mean 
this roster, this roster is getting me excited. It's getting me excited for sure. Oh, heck yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, it's as much as we're talking about, you know, deciphering stuff and whatnot, it's, I'm with EDC. It's a deep roster with, with most position groups taken care of and bookended very nicely with depth. So uh, I'm glad you mentioned that about, you know, post-draft. And then we should also mention in terms of needs, aside from what's been a major talking point tonight in, in, in the secondary, you know, cornerback, they're going to want to bring in some guard competition for Ben Cleveland uh, more than likely on, on day three, they're probably going to want to bring in um, an, an edge an edge rusher to, uh, to, you know, maybe even some defensive line, you know, a, de a defensive tackle for depth reasons. Uh, obviously, you know, Luke's chiming in on YouTube right now. We need a Calais Campbell. Unfortunately, there's nobody who's six, eight and uh, 300 plus pounds. Who's readily available in this year's draft. I'm not mistaken. I don't know the board all that well, but uh, I'm pretty sure there's not another walking giant right there uh, available for them on day three. But, uh, but those three right there, I, I would expect them to probably address, you know, at least two of the three tomorrow and in, in guard edge rusher and, and defensive tackle. Yeah. Yeah. I think all of those. And then, um, uh, it's it's interesting because again during that one exchange, uh, I think it was with Jonas. Um, you know, Eric said it's easy to get picks, but you also want to have players that that you want to pick. So that kind of made yeah. me be like, oh, because there was that one part where you thought, you know, is it like is he already have picks ready? You know, when Jonas is like, do you mean five? And then, but there was another part where he was where I. I just as what I just said is like, you know, he's like, you also need, want to have players there, which makes me think like, again, this isn't like the deepest draft ever, right? The 2023 class. So, yeah. uh, so it'll be interesting. And maybe Bobby, maybe Daniel Jeremiah will have to eat that paper. We don't know. <laughs> For real. For real. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Eric's probably just messing with them right now since they all know him really well. Like, ah, you know, we don't need 10 picks this year, you know? So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, uh, but wow, this was, uh, this was great. This is, I mean, we had over, over 700 people in here on night two. And I remember my, one of my buddies texted me, he asked me if he wanted, if I wanted to like FaceTime earlier and just say, what's up. And uh, I wrote him back. I said, I, I took a photo of our, of our stream. And I was like, I'm, you know, streaming day two. And he goes, second round and beyond are irrelevant. Tonight wasn't irrelevant in Baltimore, Paul. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Tonight was anything but irrelevant are you kidding me last 24 hours here really yeah tell that to tom brady and and brock purdy and uh you know so many other uh, antonio brown and like all you know yep. uh matthew judon fifth rounder uh yep. yeah it matters that, that's yep. where that's yep. where that's where eric DeCosta and the scouting department this is where they make their money it's beyond the first round this is like what this is what separates you from the rest of the league and um, right before the draft, I can't remember who had tweeted it, but I retweeted it. It was like the most all pros that are on it, you know, that have come from that were drafted by organizations since 2000. And uh, the Ravens were second in the league. I believe it was like 16 or somewhere close to there. And the Patriots were 17. The Patriots were only beating them by one. This is what separates you. You have to build your, your, um, your franchise through the, through the draft. You just have to. And otherwise you, you go up and down and like, like the Bengals, the Bengals go up and down and then they finally get, I mean, how lucky were they that when they were in the top five, it was Burrow and Chase. Like you could be in the top five and the top five could be busts, you know, some years, you know? So you, you know, if you can't build to the draft, then you're, then you're yo-yoing back and forth and, and overspending and all of that. And so 
you better believe it matters because this is what this is what makes your your living if you're a scout. For sure. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I mean, this is like their Super Bowl. You know, that's what Joe Ortiz says every year. And this is this is our Super Bowl. And uh, so anyway, Raven Madness chiming in with uh, just a thank you. But thank you, Raven Madness, for yeah. dropping by. And yes, yeah, do, do not forget to, to smash the like and uh, the like button, the subscribe button, maybe even the notification button, too, if you want to be notified of, of our daily content. And um, just a couple housekeeping things before we wrap up day two. We will be back tomorrow. We'll see what our game plan looks like for, for the day. Just be on the lookout for an announcement with that. If you're interested in getting involved with us on a monthly basis and you also want to donate to the channel on a monthly basis with some sprinkled in incentive, you can do so by checking out what we're offering on Patreon by visiting patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault podcast. Specifically, sort of our headliner these days is our morning vault title sponsor level tier that we're offering for $49.99. You get to episode... Um, it's getting late. Here I go again. Uh, you, you get the sponsor one episode per month. And we're really looking for those small business owners here locally in Baltimore and even outside of Baltimore, too, if you're a Ravens fan that's that's relocated. So go check that out. And if you want to do more of a one time donation, you don't want to sign up for the monthly installment type of thing. You can do so through Venmo, which you can find our at on the bottom of the screen right now. So, partner, I'll give you the last word and uh, just an awesome, awesome night, too. Thank you for an awesome start to the weekend and let's close it down strong tomorrow so so great number like what's funny is people may not know this but we did not plan to do another live stream like that was not we had all put we put our plans into the first night live stream and then i think at some point i texted you today and i was like should we just do another live stream and you're like sure i'm down for whatever so uh this one was a lot more casual than last night for sure but it was fun i love the back and forth as always bobby shows are no fun I've been on shows, by the way, I've been on shows where like you have to manufacture disagreement. Uh, so I love it. I love that we can do this. You know what I mean? And like have yeah. a little back and forth for sure. We don't get to do that as much in our morning vaults because we're, we're confined and we're just trying to get to the, the news and get it in with, with 15 minutes. So, um, so, so that was fun. I always enjoy a good debate oh, yeah. and I'm so yeah. glad that 700 people joined when like, we weren't even planning on doing this, right? It was just kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. Nobody, so we didn't like, you know, uh, market it or anything like we that. We made no so announcement. Yeah, we, we made, made no, made no announcement, announcement about it. Yeah, we just we just popped so. on. So we appreciate everybody for coming on and and again choosing to spend the draft with us because there's there's so many choices out there. Yeah, and and just looking ahead quickly, the Lamar Jackson press conference, which you astutely pointed out, probably will happen at some point to announce the, you know, formally announce the contract extension and make him a Raven through 2027. So we could yeah. be in in store for a big week coming up in terms of potential post draft signings, press conferences, and with this news cycle, who knows? I mean, perhaps there's another playmaker that's in play. I don't know, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it's been, you know, it's been an awesome week, been an awesome weekend for Baltimore sports. Uh, as Ben points out in the YouTube comment section right now, the Orioles have a double header tomorrow postponed tonight because of weather. Uh, Orioles are playing really, really good baseball. And uh, it, it's been a, it's been a heck of a time here over the last uh, week or so. So anyway, I think we're, we're all set again, three picks right now. Uh, on the docket for tomorrow for Eric DaCosta and the Ravens. If you need one more reminder, we'll just finish here again. Um, you know, they have Zay Flowers off the board yesterday, Trenton Simpson out of Clemson uh, tonight, and then coming up tomorrow, fourth, fifth, and sixth rounds 
picks respectively, one in each. So no seventh as we currently stand. And again, we will be back tomorrow. If you're listening to this in audio only form, your price probably already tomorrow. So with that, I am Bobby Trossett signing off for my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison. Day two brought maybe not fireworks, but how about cracklers or sparklers? I don't know. Whatever the next <laughs> smallest thing is sparklers. Sparklers. So anyway, good night, everybody. Thanks so much for your support. And, and please consider subscribing to both YouTube channels if you haven't already done so.